Okay, just take a couple of seconds here. Everyone breathe. Okay, and... TBC, covering sea fanboy passions. Your might, Dairagore Nagon, Miros Yenlo, Eo, Nikendroza, Arondayor Jako, Emogon Kirinvis. And welcome back. This is To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast covering your fanboy passions. You're not going to learn anything, but if you stick around, you just might have some fun. And we are going to have some fun today talking about the end of an epic fantasy series. Game of Thrones had its finale, series finale, season eight. <laughs> and as you can tell by the uh, by, by the production values of the the soundtrack in behind me, that uh, we're throwing everything at this one. HBO gave us the extra money for this. Uh, as always, we are here at the lovely Pancake Studios, provided by one Jonathan Vergara. That's me. And as always, my co-host, co-pilot for this flight into the world of fanboyism. Edward Ng here, and I certainly bend a knee to uh, our guests, our Game Arya of Thrones Stark. ringer. <laughs> oh, so you're Arya for all these years. I've been and calling Arya you. today. Look, I got the <laughs> yeah, got Oh, the that's hair. right. Yeah, that's right. Is. So, you know, we're going to be dead. We're all going to be dead by the end of this episode here. She's going to be walking through a, a, a nuked out Pancake Studios with ash in the air. And She's going to get on a horse. I get to go yeah. west. What's west of Westeros? Yeah. Anna Maria Stanimir Gromo, all the way from Anisi, France. Uh, she's uh, decided to uh, be the ringer for today and talk our ears off uh, with this Game of Thrones closer return to the thrones i don't know what you want to call I just, this i just i just want to uh return throw, to throw out this little tidbit here um anisi france often called the venice of the alps Ooh, which you said before I, I, and we're like you okay. said it the one time and now every time you come on i throw that out there as though i'm a sophisticated world traveler that knows you this fact hey you guys are all welcome to come see by the way you know and and, and i can introduce you to the canals wait, what, what is it called? the westeros of, of venice is that what you said no 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 wait, it's wait. it's the it's no it's, it's the it's the venice of the alps oh the venice of the alps okay. venice of the alps you should know that. i've said it like five okay. times i say it every time yeah but I, i'm like i'm like i don't know what that means. The, the bravos of Europe, if the you will. The bravos of Europe, if you will. <laughs> now, no one who, unless you were living under a rock, as the saying goes, is unaware that Game of Thrones has come to an end. The uh, We are recording this on uh, uh, Tuesday following the, the... snap. Wednesday. Wednesday, I'm sorry. A Wednesday following uh, the season finale, which was on Sunday. A lot of people have soaked it in. There are a lot of reactions. There's a lot of uh, controversy among the fans. Um, we technically, when we had our last show, which uh, went over Game of Thrones, uh, we got up to about season six. That's where we had left off. Uh, so season seven and season, season eight had yet to uh, have been produced by then. Here we are now. It's the finale. So I'd like to go around. Everyone here has seen the finale. Uh, and I'd like to, you know, get everyone's general impressions on how it went. And unfortunately, actually, fortunately for John, because John, usually I always start with him. Since we have our ringer here, 
Uh, I'd like to ask Anna to give her impressions on the on the the season, the final episode, how the stories are wrapped up, and just her her general thoughts more or less. So uh, I cede the floor uh, to you, uh, Mademoiselle. Um. Okay. So this this the, the the whole song of ice and fire in terms of books and also in terms of series for me is still you know just a shadow. I mean, it's still a fantastic. Fantastic production, loved it. Everything was beautiful. Everything was great. Um, you know, technically speaking, CGI, acting, dialogues. I mean, it's it was just it it was gorgeous. Everything was you know. And so the the few things that I have, the you know, the clips that I have with it are personal clips because I'm crazy and obsessed, and I've read everything that you know had to be read on the subject, and so. You know, they're more about my issues, which, you know, I will sleep well at night tonight knowing that, you know, they're not going <laughs> to, they're not huge. I mean, it's this whole trolling contest of, you know, how things, you know, ended up is, is just baffling me. <laughs> I don't understand how you could be negative after having seen what you have seen for the last 10 years. All right. But do you have, uh, do, uh, what are your criticisms for the, for, well, for, for the, for the, the way it wrapped up there? Is there anything in that? you know, hour and 20 that, you know, we got where you said, ah, uh, that could have been better. That wasn't as developed as I think it could have been. Is there anything along those lines, the way, the way it wrapped up? Oh yeah, up? absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I feel like, you know, the first eight, seven seasons, um, were extremely, I no, I should say the first six seasons were extremely well rhythmed, very, very well done. Um, you know, the last, scene of every single last episode was something that just kind of made you hold your breath for a year until mm. you saw the next you know season and and i kind of felt like seven missed that a little bit and probably has to do with the fact that there were fewer episodes in, epi in season seven mm. and it definitely missed for me the mark in season eight uh with just the six episodes um i feel like the rhythm that was kind of established was not held and that's one of my main criticisms is that, you know, when you have six episodes to spend two of them setting up, you know, the fall of Winterfell was a bit long. It lacked a little bit of editing. I kind of felt like, you know, they did hour and a half, you know, episodes for the last three, you know, episode three, four, five and six, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. We're all like hour and 20 minutes, hour and a half. And I almost feel like the editing could have been done the same for episodes one and two so that you could get one long episode and kind of, you know, go straight to the Battle of Winterfell. Um, so that, that's my, my, my main uh, quip with the season. And, you know, and obviously we don't know the reasons for these choices and we don't know why they ended up with six episodes instead of ten. I mean, I, I, I kind of feel like it's probably money. But um, it, it, it kind of disservices the whole the whole rhythm of the whole thing and well, so, well given that it was it was 10 episodes each season you're right we developed a sort of like well, okay here's the flow of the story here's what we're we're given the everything a certain breathing room and yeah now, and things weren't resolved yeah. quickly yeah things weren't resolved quickly i mean you know you kind of had to wait from you know season to season to have certain things resolved and so i get the point of season eight right you kind of have to resolve everything but I kind of feel like that sort of, you know, holding your breath until even the next episode to see what happens was missing because some of the resolutions came really fast and in your face and done, wrapped up, you know, moving on to the next. Like, uh, and I, I think like the, the Night King would be, a, uh, I, I, I would fall into that where, it would. you know, it's sort of like, 
well, here's this giant threat. We've built it up. Uh, the characters themselves have told us multiple times, this is the fight that matters. Who sits on the Iron Throne is an important. And they have a big battle. I love that episode in terms of the the, the, the effects and the, the battle itself is very engaging. It's, you know, it's this long drawn out thing. That's what it should be. It was chaotic. But then having it be, well, that's the end. There's there's no more to this threat that we've built up. Well, so, so here's the thing. Like, you know, one of the things that I, as a crazy obsessed, you know, fan was like, well, Winterfell's going to fall. And all of the trailers, you know, especially the I thought as well. I said here, yeah. Creeping. You know, it shows you the ice creeping, almost getting to King's Landing. And so you're sitting there and there's a part of me, that whole episode, that whole episode, I'm writing to to, to Ted. Oh my God, I can't take it. Oh my God, they're all going to die. And he's like, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. And I'm thinking, you know, they're all going to die somehow. You know, the main characters with like, you know, there are a thousand best men are going to hop on the dragon and get away and, you know, continue the fight for the down south. And they didn't. And that was interesting to me because... You know, you feel one of those moments where maybe perhaps it was meant to go further and devastate more of the North. Mm. But there's someone who kind of said, you know, come on, guys, like, let's resolve this. And so you kind of feel almost that. And, you know, the minute she drops the knife into her right hand, <laughs> you know, it's coming, you know. And she, by the way, I'm going to, which I'm, I'm surprised, you know, it, but she's my favorite. Which, <laughs> which I'm surprised. Now that, that was a, a, a favorite of one of my episodes. And yet. There are a trolls of fan, fans of trolls out there yeah, I, who yeah, had issues yeah. with that, and because yeah. it was something there, there was something anticlimactic about it, which I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I like the resolution. I love the fact that Arya yeah. got to kill him. My, you know, I'm sporting my Arya today, but but you know, there are certain certain images and certain things that make you. So there's a portion of me that's very happy about being surprised. Because, you know, a crazy fan like me is going to be able to kind of almost predict certain things. And I didn't see this coming. So thank you, DB and David. Yeah. At the same time, I kind of feel like, you know, you spend an hour and 20, an hour and 18 minutes, no, an no. hour and 18 minutes killing everybody. You know? I, and then all of a sudden, bam. I disagree with you. And only the degree and the cop out happened. They spent eight seasons building up the night walkers That's and for true. it to end that fight should have went longer i don't disagree that aria i don't think it was bad that aria killed the the main night king but i think they should have had her kill she, she could have done it at deep with Mott, you yeah, know yeah, she could have yeah. done it at river run she could have done it you know yeah, at yeah. i just i mean you that know. was too quick i felt like we had like eight seasons of this build up the ultimate enemy thousands of years long tales about this night king and then it was just the, the show and, was and, done. Uh, I was and, and so there's quick. a portion of yeah. and there's a portion of me. I'm sorry, just a quick parenthesis, but there's a, a mean portion of me that kind of feels like you know when when Deepwood Mott, for example, decides not to join the Winterfell gang and help out with the fight <laughs> that they would deserve kinda, getting yeah, overrun by the White Walkers. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and there's a part of me that was really happy, you know, or like even the Dreadfort. I mean. Fuck! Kill all the boats. You know? <laughs> I I I, yeah. I also I also think that there was something about uh, extending the the rampage of the walkers into Westeros proper that would have yeah. helped other things, such as I was telling yeah. Ed on the ride over. I said, "Well, let's say it had been a standard ten episode season, right? And the walkers overrun Winterfell, and now." Uh, Danny and John and their forces are sort of on the run, sort of a rear guard action. They're being chased. That would have then helped that relationship. 
It would have been yeah, and not only and and they set you also up because you know when when Theon uh, um, saves Yara, Yara reclaims the 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 Iron Islands for a, <laughs> a temporary hold. So you're sitting there and you're thinking. There's got to be a reason why you did this whole setup with the Iron Islands for them to escape to, because mm. obviously the dead are not crossing the yeah, water. I, I was anticipating yeah. a yeah. huge uh, um, um, Iron Fleet battle, yeah. which we never really got. You know, which we never got. You know, well, well, you know, well, you know, they were busy developing that stealth technology that allowed them to <laughs> sneak up on the dragons. Well, yeah, we, yeah, we got. It. <laughs> Yes, you know, so you know. Oh, I'm returning home to the one place everyone knows I'll go. I'm, I'm not going to bother looking around for other ships. I'm just happy to be home. I get oh, it. Wait, and home. I've got spies in the air. How much easier would it be for me to spot, you know, a thousand <laughs> yeah, iron fleets? You know, yeah, they're there. They're, which goes towards led by the idiots. I mean, if if Gendry can run. From the wall all the way back, you know, back to, to Castle wall. Black, and then get a raven, like, and get a response. <laughs> I mean, you know, who's no, who, anything's possible. Anything's exactly. possible. Exactly. <laughs> but overall, now we know he can't swim, and we know he can't row for shit. Right. So, I mean, yeah. uh, so overall, that's kind of your. You, you know, I'm, I'm sensing that you're not as down as the general uh, consensus seems to be right now. But you you do admit you think that there was uh, the pacing of it all was uh, was too yeah. fast. They got to their conclusions faster. Their, their their attention to detail, and this is Starbucks aside, honestly, like the <laughs> Starbucks cup, I kind of found funny. Their attention to detail and the way they sort of wrapped up very neatly certain things from one season to the other, and kind of made in the way that they made references, you know. Like one of the things that I loved, and it, it, it kind of dawned on me when, when I'm sitting there and I discovered John's real name is Aegon. Well, you've got Master Aemon, I think in season five or six, I don't remember when he's dying. And he's sitting there, you know, yelling out, egg, egg, where are you, egg? Mm -hmm. You know, and it kind of makes sense now all of a sudden, you know, what he was yelling out because he discovered John's name is Aegon the Sixth. So there's things like that that are just masterful and beautiful. And the whole setup with Yara, I kind of found it like, you know, it was a bit of a, yeah, yeah, send Theon back to die. I'm going to go claim the Iron Islands, you know, and that's how we're going to wrap up the, the game. Mm -hmm. okay. All right, so, John, your uh, your general uh, take on the series finale uh, and, you know, how do you felt about it, how it wrapping up? I... And John, when did you well? When did you get into Thrones? Did we get you into Thrones? Or... You got me into Thrones, like you did. You bought me my first DVD box set. Oh, that's, that's right. True. That's right. I remember oh, you, that. You mean the one that we showed AJ, and he came back and, and he gave came us back, a whole and then song. exactly. <laughs> so, so now and that you was like three years ago. I got into three the years ago. Of five. Yeah, 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 something like that. Oh well, then you haven't been suffering ten years like the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't been suffering. <laughs> so, oh, how did you how did you feel the way? Um, it wrapped up its storylines, the finale. I pretty much agree totally with Anna Marie. And, uh, hmm. Hmm. And then I, I kind of have a problem with how Cersei and uh, Jamie died, too. Yeah! Good for you, John. Yeah. Why? Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> it was, you know what? It was just too. It was too obvious, like, oh, we need to wrap the show up, so let's just, like, throw some rocks at them. <laughs> you know? And, like, let's end this whole saga. Like these were great epic <laughs> stories with like with like horrible non-epic endings, mm. you know? and that's that's kind of my problem with it. But 
on the good yeah. news, the Starks rule the world. Do you realize? <laughs> you have Sansa in the north. Well, you have Bran. Uh, we we, Bran we, the we we're still mourning the the most important Stark of them all, Tony. Tony Stark. You know, <laughs> and uh, but you know, Bran was the one who really went back. Because you were like, who is it that I think you were like, he played the long game. <laughs> I said, yeah, yeah. I said, right. Bran, Bran Stark, he, he was just like, after he got crippled and started, you could see, he was playing the long con. The long, the long yeah. con. Yeah. Time this travels. Is all, this is all going to come down to me. I get a feeling about this. Time so travels. Gonna, you know, he kind of, you know, he lo literally saw it coming. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you talk about the bottle. We didn't see the gauntlet, like, hidden, like, somewhere in the, <laughs> yeah, the corner, the corner of his well, wheelchair. Why do you think Bran always has like something covering his legs and everything? He's got, he's got it right there on his crotch, and he's like snapping. And he's just like, like, yeah, he's like, okay. But um, so, John, you oh, and well, my, my favorite is uh, like again, his universal line for everything is, <laughs> "You are where you're supposed to be." Yeah, Ed. Yeah. Ed was telling me he's like he should just have that as his T-shirt now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, when everyone comes well, to the, see the, the king, new mantra of the Starks, you are where you're supposed. You to are be. where you're supposed to be. I was like, winter's coming. Winter's <laughs> coming. It's going. You are where you're supposed to be. So, John, you uh, 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 you you sound like you're in that middle phase uh, yeah. where you're teetering a little bit on the negative. Though. I mean, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was a great time. I thought. The cinematography was great, but uh, yeah, some of these endings, some of the ways they they wrapped it up, I thought it was cheap. Mm. You know, some of these endings. Okay, um, all right. Well, we're and not only that, but no one at the end, like you know, spoiler alert for those of you who haven't seen the last episode yet. Okay, and let me just give you five seconds to get off. You know, quickly. <laughs> Daenerys gets killed, <laughs> and yeah. nobody but like Tyrion and John. And nobody gets upset by the fact that she completely sat King's Landing. I mean, okay, kill the Lannisters, kill the Lannisters. Everybody wants to kill the Lannisters. Fine. At the very least, you can sort of say soldiers are in for it. But all the people, you know, yeah, and yeah. Yara, you know, I get, you know, she's into pillaging and everything. But she's, she's bitching and complaining that the queen got killed when the whole point of putting someone on the throne was not to put someone on the throne that was like her father. Exactly. Which, by the way, I have a whole theory on because I read up on the whole history of the Targaryens since Monday, and so if you guys are interested, I can we can talk about that. <laughs> well, well, we we will get to that theory. We anticipate uh, this. We'll get to that theory but, as well as uh, uh, Ed and mine's thought on this after we take a short break for some words from friends, and one of our friends is actually. You, Anna, so uh, there may be a commercial that comes right after that uh, focuses on you. <laughs> so um, we'll be right back. Ed, you know, uh, we were over your place the other day, and uh, you were having some work done down there in the basement, right? Yeah, so I've got a basement. I, I know it's really unbelievable here in Brooklyn, but uh, I've got a basement, uh, and my wife has an office downstairs. But our we had our bathroom basement done, and... Um, Anna Maria Stanimir Gromo, a friend of the podcast, who lives out in France, she consults and she says, hey, let me design your your basement bathroom. And that's exactly what she did. She did everything um, via email, via FaceTime. Did the renderings and everything, right? The renderings and everything, a completely beautiful. I took the renderings and uh, hired a contractor, and they are currently putting, the, as we we're speaking, putting the finishing touches on my basing and it looks fantastic it looks great servicing clients domestic international a master's here to help you through your different phases to transform your space into a reflection of you go to masterdesign.com that is a master spelled 
A-M-A-S-T-A design. <sighs> oh, what's the matter, Miguel? Uh, I feel fat, Ed. I feel the same way, too. Oh, you too, John? Yeah. You guys, you both you guys need to get in shape. And a way to go about this is by going with JP Total Fitness. JP Total Fitness? What's that? Oh, uh, our pal, Jonathan Padilla, a friend of the show, uh, runs a Brooklyn-based personal training and remote coaching service committed to leading you becoming stronger and faster. Go to jptotalfitness.com. And we are All back right. after some words from friends. By the way, uh, Anna, thanks for transforming my space into a reflection of you. <laughs> <laughs> I and I can sew, too, by the way, if you, if you need further transformation. <laughs> I might need you to design this room here. Exactly, the uh, the, the Futown Lounge. The Futown uh, I'm actually really good at acoustic design. I have a whole, you know... How are you, how are you with feng shui? <laughs> Not so good. <laughs> good, because it's all bunk. Anyway. <laughs> uh, speaking of feng shui, the my feng shui master, Edward Ng, um, oh. how, did, how did you feel about the way the series ended, what we got to see there, your thoughts? You know, I, I was back and forth, aside from being back and forth with Anna and you, um, uh, my best friend Ian, he was in Japan. Um, um, for the past three weeks, and we were back and forth. Oh, wow. he only said this morning, huh? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, well he, I'm actually borrowing borrowing his uh, his HBO account, right? So I have uh, I have I have a, I have a strong borrowing. feeling that it probably went over well in Japan, just because of how tragic it all fucking was. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Well, like they hey. were all like, it. oh yes, oh yes, nuclear winters. Uh, yes, yes we. Understand. Well, he had to kill the woman. Here's this love. review I just found. Uh, Another man kills a powerful woman in a show. Uh, oh, man, please, please don't even get me started on the whole feminist thing because man, I'm going to get no, I'm shot. Kidding. I just, I just wanted to tease that on the Like the women complaining that actually Arya Stark was only able to, you know, help her brother out because John had helped her out. And, you know, how anti-feminist is that? I mean, uh, don't, don't get me started. I have like, a whole slew of remarks for the feminists. <laughs> okay, yeah. And I consider myself to be a feminist, so. Well, in a bit, we'll hear about your thoughts on, uh, on Door the Explorer. <laughs> yes. This was all the prequel series. This was all the setup for, for her, Door the Explorer. For Door the Explorer Westeros version. <laughs> okay, so, uh, so, uh, so yeah, we were, uh, so he and I were, um, my best friend, were, were, we were back and forth about this. And he basically encapsulated everything into this uh, one text that I got, which is basically, I didn't hate how it ended, but I didn't like how we got there. Mm -hmm. And it was pretty very much, nice. yeah, it's, it's very, That's it's a good summation. It's very, yeah. it's very, very simple nice. about that. And, um, you know, and that being said, um, how many times have, have, have we said, like we, we deserved another, well, we felt that maybe there, should have been another two seasons, you yeah, know, or, minimum, or minimal, so. yeah, for what they were trying to pull off. Um, and then we get into this whole conversation about the why factor that they dangled, like Disney dangled Star Wars in front of uh, DB and David, and um, and then, but how does that work with and HBO was okay with that, and and, uh, and that going into I I suppose HBO doesn't really have anything to cry about. They're going to get a they're going to get the, a prequel. Right, but well, three um, spinoff series, right, is the word, right? Yeah. Three, three, three spinoffs, really? 
That's what I heard. Wow. Okay. But I mean, my. Be careful how you cast it because you really cannot make Viserys be Rhaegar. Just, you know, <laughs> if anybody cares about my opinion. I'm not sure that they'll ever touch Daddy that Palmer, that as... close in the, in the, in the but uh, they do have a series. I mean, in, in, the, in the series, it's actually the Viserys actor who you see with Lyanna Stark in the vision that Bran has. And I was like, no. <laughs> One has nothing to do with, with the, the other. other. Right, exactly. You know? But but they, they, they uh, the series has been there. They're talking about the, the long night. I think uh, I think Dance of Dragons is on the table, uh, and Long Night would take place thousands and thousands of years. You wouldn't even have to, you know, six thousand uh, to be precise. I looked it up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy First that you five that, and six, depending the calendar you follow. Depending the exactly, there's some debate within the within the within the maesters about. Well, that. I mean, uh, so but then, yes, uh, Edward, uh, so the initial um, initially I. You know, it wasn't bad. It wasn't like bad, bad. Yeah, it wasn't. No, it wasn't horrible. It, it wasn't horrible. A lot of things were expected. Yes, we. Um, while we all had our theories that uh, um, everything's going to be ruled by Danny, John, and Tyrion. Yeah, that wouldn't have flied. We knew somehow um, uh, we weren't get exactly that perfect ending that you we weren't getting this the happiest ending. yeah and, and and i actually thought there would be seven seven by the way i'm interrupting you but i actually thought there would be seven individual kingdoms again yeah that was, a, that was a popular theory. that was a popular theory that was a popular theory that said i i liked how the idea of we're gonna break the wheel we're gonna break the wheel you know i know some yeah. i i don't yeah I, at this point i really haven't um, gauge what the trolls are. If there were trolls saying anything about Bran the Broken breaking the wheel, you know, um, very interesting. Because we loved Dinklage's on this spot. We're gonna vote. We're gonna have a vote as and and uh, 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 who is gonna rule all of Westeros? Democracy was Demo born. And then and, Sam and, and goes. My hat, my hat off. My hat off to you, Miguel. By the way, because. When we did the show last time, you actually predicted some sort of democratic ending. And <laughs> well, when they're sitting there, when, when Sam says, you know, gets up and he's like, why don't the people choose him? And everybody starts laughing. I was like, that's hysterical. You know, there, there's, there's Miguel's ending. But they do end up having a, a republic. Sort of it's a republic. Right. You know? A republic well, where well, basically, you the know, the Gordon, you know, get to choose how the, the, get to choose the next king. So well, 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 we're well, going to trust the idiots to vote. So we well, uh, well, well, Anna, what's funny Wait, is this. Are you saying Occupy King's Landing is that what That's you're starting here? Occupy King's Landing, exactly. <laughs> I call my brothers and sisters. Well, Anna, take well, the Drogon, just burn them all. Well, well Anna, what's what's, what, what's funny is what's funny is this is that Ed, Ed for many many years has always the, said universal that his, answer to everything. That, exactly, he has a universal answer to any question, which I always say no, it doesn't apply to anything. <laughs> but he always says the, the what is what is the one answer to everything, Ed? Rise in the middle class and the industrial revolution. And the, rise of the and the rise of the proletariat. You right. Know? So, so I was going. I always said. <laughs> oh, wait, John, what did, ask me a question. Any any question. Uh, why did you do it? Uh, rise of middle class and the industrial revolution and the rise of proletariat. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> exactly. And so, um, I that that made me then go. You know, I always said the answer for Westeros. I always said, you know, what Westeros really needs. They need an industrial revolution and the rise of the proletariat. <laughs> and those crossbows aren't going to make themselves. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so Sam comes up there do, during the summit, says that he's laughed off, and it, that's completely understandable. That's beyond those people's worldview. Imagination. Yeah, right. Absolutely. But they do but take a weird time, baby step. 
towards it with what they're towards doing. It with, with the Democratic, yeah. At the same time, there, there is something to be said about, um, you know, why he gets laughed off. And one of the reasons I think he gets laughed off is because the people aren't particularly educated. And, you know, someone says this to Daenerys at one point when she's still in Essos, and she says, you know, all the people care about is, you know, growing their crops in, in, a, in, a, in a short winter. So most of the normal people don't care about this Game of Thrones. You know, they don't care about the power. They care about their lives and what makes their lives, you know, Keep terrible. things reasonably peaceful and settled, and they're not gonna ride. They're not gonna be sounds like Republicans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, 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 let me let me finish off if I may. If I may. Um, yes, this is this hard. is a. Um, uh, I I was pleased, but again, like you know, with that being said, and how we a lot of us sort of feel like we're kind of having been cheated for not getting the complete story and the romance and the build-up and everything. because hey boat sex just happened like <laughs> a season ago which we waited a whole entire year like they had boat sex we waited a whole year and then this <laughs> yeah. drops right and there, there was that awesome instagram picture Love with boat. you know the pregnancy yeah with thing. the pregnancy thing which by the way that put our instagram our tbc instagram over the top oh. i placed it there one summer two years ago and <laughs> overnight we had two 200 like followers and i'm like wow this is... shows you the power of the show yeah. so now um yeah. but I, I will say this it wasn't what it's not walking dead walking dead i completely stopped watching me too <laughs> right you know and and I um, because um at some point you're There's like so far i can go with these zombies. episodes yeah but you know what but the writing of it just felt like why are you telling? Why are you telling the story? Girl. You have a whole entire episode dedicated to this one character. We have no care for, and and at some point I said, you know, I'm just not gonna. I'm just not. See, gonna, they're, I, they're I, almost a weird reverse yeah. mirror of each other because I think Game of Thrones. There's no doubt in my mind that Martin gave them at least the general outline of where the story was supposed to go. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. So they 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 had a game plan for how to wrap it up. Mm -hmm. I don't see, think that see, I don't think like, The Walking Dead has a single idea of nope. how no, to, because it's not built the into the show. I think that's the problem with season eight. I completely completely agree with you, Miguel. The problem with season eight, and I think it's the it's a problem with Martin's vision. You know, it it he doesn't know exactly how he's going to wrap it up yet. He's said as much many times, and he's got two volumes to go. Let's not forget, six and seven are still supposed to come out. Right? Yeah, right? exactly. So I'm fairly certain, you know, six is finished, wrapped up, written, you know, and we're waiting for it. And I'm and I and I have this prediction that it's going to come out within six months of the end of the show because I think he waited for the show to end in order for him to continue publishing. At least I'm crossing my fingers because. God damn it! I've been waiting for this. <laughs> yeah, for you and years. everyone, all these other people. Yeah. So, yeah. so to to just summarize um, on my initial feelings on my uh, um, um, just just the initial feelings on on this, um, there was some really um, Dinklage, some of his best work. We've said that, you know, like oh, he yeah. he um, uh, he kind of carried that favorite. episode. Yeah, he did carry that he episode. He kind of carried that episode uh, with his that was with his performance. And you know what? That one of one of the best moments was his talk with John. In the last episode, yes, which right. I have a theory about. But go on. The the the, the stateroom scene was just about one of the most enjoyable scenes um, on that show, where it's just like, okay, so what happens in the aftermath? Tyrion is just he he's got this he's got his job back, but it's really official official, right? right. He's fixing all the chairs. Everyone comes in. Bron is master of coin, and he's complaining about uh, <laughs> uh, he needs a bailout <laughs> like Citibank, you know. 
Um, um, <laughs> uh, Brienne is what? What was her? She's. I believe that Brienne is. She's the head of the Kingsguard. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's Kingsguard. Kingsguard, yes. right? You know. Yeah. Um, Sir Podrick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the and this this made for really great a great discussion for um for for me and for me and my my friend Ian, which is like and and he said it best. He said he said. Bran gets to be an absentee ruler because he all he cares about is warging into Drogon, and which leaves Tyrion, uh, 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 Tyrion just you know he's Tyrion's basically the, he's basically king. He's, yeah. yeah, you know he's he's <laughs> prime minister, he's ruler. You know he gets and that somehow um, appeases the is he a Targaryen? You know uh, that that whole theory. You know you have you have. Well, a I think Targaryen. it just here's what I, I I would go with the simple fact that. That meeting sums up how government should be. It's boring. <laughs> well, it's it's now right, removed right. from all of the weird psychodrama nonsense right. of every previous administration, and now it's just now it's Obama. Now it's no drama, but Obama. That's, here's but here's it, my it point. It is and it isn't because for for those of us who are obsessed, and I'm interrupting you again, Ed, but for those of us who are obsessed with the story, one of the things that is clearly pointed out in the history of Westeros is that one of the most prosperous periods in all of its history was when Tywin Lannister was hand to Aerys Targaryen. And Aerys Targaryen didn't interfere with anything that Tywin mm. Lannister did and the realm prospered. Right. And I think that was a little bit of a wink to those of us who are crazy and we know this uh, because Tyrion being his son, uh-huh. you know, is making, again, the world prosper the way that his father made the world prosper under Aerys. And Bran, knowing the past, the future, and the present, knows not to interfere too much because it's basically when Aerys Targaryen starts interfering with Tyrion Lannister that everything, you know, goes to hell. But, but you asked me straight up right after that episode. Mm-hmm. You said, and I hadn't seen it yet, and I'm like, all right, everyone, mm-hmm. just shut up. No, I'm no sorry. spoilers. I'm really That's sorry okay. About that. That's all right. I was like two days late on it. <laughs> but you like, said, you know, he must have seen so. Bran the Broken, huh? And I'm like, all right, I don't know what that means yet. And then I finally, at this point, I go. He is the ultimate nuclear deterrent. You realize he that he still is because he is. if he can walk into Drogon, that still makes him the most dangerous. That's an ace. In, I think that there. Well, that's but an he ace can also warg right. into people. He can also warg into people. So Drogon, okay, admittedly, let's make him come back and just burn you know, all of our enemies. Fine. But the first question he asks in the state room is: So, any word from Drogon? Well, uh, he was uh, he was seen whatever as far, and we want him as far here from here as as, as much as possible. Okay, carry yeah, on. Go. Like, maybe oh. I can help um, that, hey, yeah. hey, uh, Padrick. Um, you know, wheel, wheel me out. Wheel me out. Wheel me out to Cerebro. <laughs> maybe, maybe I can help with that. Yeah, absolutely. But I think I think one of the things that makes Bran super super dangerous. Yes, is that is people. That, you know, before you even get to sacking the whole village, you know, the Drogon's fire, you just warg into the head of the idiot who's making the bad decisions, and you make him stop. Which is what he did with um, Hodor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, 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 right. So right. Um, Bran actually can warg into the head of humans, which is something that no one ever in the history of Westeros. There will be, be there will be do. a lot of there might be a lot of mysterious deaths <laughs> in the coming years of Bran's uh, uh, reign. Only two of Hodor's. You know? <laughs> and, and there's one more oh, yes. one more particular scene that um, that I'm sure we'll have the, we, we can discuss on is. Dan, uh, the betrayal of Danny, mm-hmm. you know, uh, which, yeah. which I, um, uh, gosh, I, I really don't know how to feel about it. Um, on one hand, the, yeah, this is, and this is where we feel cheated on, you know, uh, and I way, saw it coming. Yeah. We totally all, yeah, we all saw it. We all saw it coming, but at the same time, it's like, you know what, like so soon. 
What, what, what thought, you, what not it, even in bed? I, I thought it would be uh, so soon. Not one last time. Um, no. Ed's where Ed's mind is at. No. Um, I thought, though, because he was still loyal, I thought it would take Tyrion's death. I thought they would kill. I thought she was going to kill Tyrion. Then he would be like, all right, I got to stop I this. thought it was going to be Arya. I got to stop this girl. I thought yeah. it would be Arya. I thought that Arya would make. Or Sansa. You know, would make well. Well, Arya was there. You know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, that, right. that that Arya oh, would make kill some, her. Arya would make some sort of attempt on her, get killed, get overrun, get eaten by Drogon, whatever it is, and that would have been. Thought that she she would try to burn John alive. He wouldn't burn because I thought that too. I thought that that was going to be the reveal at the yeah. end there. And after that scene, you know, he does her in because basically he realizes that she can't be you know faithful even to him who has never shown the least amount of. of mm-hmm vengeance or betrayal that sort of thing yeah yeah yeah. and it would have been a sort of like oh here oh we you for you forgot he's he's targaryen blood too fire of the dragon yada 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 i I could i could see that i could see Uh, that i just i just need to i i got these memes right you know for me for for my for my buddy and he's like um it's john talking to Tyrion's like do you think they'll be do you think they'll let me be in the bachelor again next season though (laughs) 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 um there's one with uh with brand that says beta testing is going is going is going incredibly well, <laughs> <laughs> and one of Sansa is a uh, cool how I never had consensual sex on the show. <laughs> oh, 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 Lord! So uh, got, anything, uh, anything to any. I, I um, got one. There's a there's a character from the future called Aria. Robot Baratheon. <laughs> Jesus God! Uh, anything to, f- to 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 finish up your thoughts here? Uh, on the yeah, one more. It's like you know, like uh, on on Grey Worm, um, where and it's again, it's just another thing to laugh about. Like um, uh, Grey Worm should have just he could have just like ended ended John right then and there if he wanted to. But um, but what's he so angry about? Well, you know, uh, because on Game of Thrones they call him Baby Barack. Well, you'd be pissed off if they killed off your white mother. I can say that because I'm Asian. (laughs) I have nothing. I have. I have. Yeah. I have. I ain't got anything to follow up for that one. But uh, yeah, that 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 wraps up my my initial impressions, and let's get to the media. (laughs) Okay. All right. Uh, So we were gonna take a short break, and then we're gonna get into my initial impressions and some character stuff in a moment after some words from friends. I love our logo. No, really. I love our logo. The To Be Continued Fanboy Podcast logo was provided to us by friend of the show, Matt Sulkowski, who also runs MSD Studios. And what does Matt do at MSD Studios? He provides positive reinforcement for your brand. Located in Philadelphia, Matt has worked with clients of all sizes and has helped them to focus on designs for campaigns, rebrands, and new brands. Get in touch for your next project, MSD Studios. That's msdstudios.com. Hello out there, everyone. My name is Miguel Alejandro Velez. And Edward Ng here. And we are the host of To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast. As anyone knows, we are based out of the Park Slope, Brooklyn-based Pancake Studios, providing to us by one Jonathan Vergara. Ed, what can they expect to get out of Pancake Studios? And here at Pancake Studios, covering your audio recording, production, 
mixing and mastering needs. And Jonathan is a complete wizard when it comes to these things. Uh, we Coming this month, it would be our third year anniversary. And uh, he's made a home for us here and continues to produce quality. Look no further. Pancake Studios. Go to www.pancakestudios.net. And we are back after some words from friends. Now, I just want to get through uh, what I thought of of the finale and uh, season eight in general. Um, here is here's sort of what my take on it all is, and it goes like this: um, I did not have an issue as much, although I, it was definitely there of the pacing that you noted, Anna, that the sort of like the rhythm of the show, things had been sped up, stuff that had felt more earned, more time spent building up to get to your payoff, uh, definitely was uh, was apparent in season seven. Um, but I didn't have a problem with that. I felt that or it didn't impact me as much. It was like, oh, well, now characters, we're not seeing the trip that they're taking to get to these places. Sometimes I feel with sort of these these sort of stories that people go, um, it's kind of similar to some of the criticism in a way of like Return of the Jedi, where people go like, okay, oh, what happened to all this character development is now we're just there and we're back to fighting a Death Star. And I'm always go, look, once you've developed your characters enough, you got to do something with them. They're pieces on a chessboard and you got to get to the resolutions. So it wasn't that. But even me saying that as a defense, I don't didn't have a problem with season seven, but season eight, we get to the Battle of Winterfell and the destruction of the night of, of the White Walkers. And that is an amazing episode. It's very beautiful, the chaos of the battle, all that is perfectly fine. But it is sort of I get the anticlimactic nature of people going, wait, you built up the White Walkers, and now this is how you're going to finish him. And I don't have a problem with Arya killing him or John being sort of ineffective in the battle. But it is this sort of thing where you go, wait, you told I understand the criticism of some fans going, you said this is what matters. The throne is almost secondary. And even if that's not how it should play out in the story, even though that's telling us, oh, this is what's important, that's not... Uh, in order to get to the throne and resolve that, you have to resolve the White Walkers. So I kind of always felt that you were going to get that first, and then the aftermath would be, well, now that that's over, we got to get back to the political shenanigans. It's just that it felt very, very fast. Now, even then, I wasn't... It didn't bother me that much. For but, me, the but... collapse was taking King's Landing because... Yeah, but see, this is this is why I kind of don't agree with you. And, and again, I think you're right. But at the same time, the whole story of, of Martin is so complex. Um, and one of the things that I loved about um, the whole way he constructed this is that some of the most important actions happen on the road. Uh-huh. And so one of the things that he makes you understand from the first episode of the first season of the total debut is that it takes you two months to get from King's Landing. To right. Winterfell. Yes. And, two and, months. And right? on that and on that trip, we get important character interactions and backstory exactly. and relationships. Exactly. Yeah. The whole sideline with Tyrion killing Bran, not killing Bran, you know, taking him to the Eyrie, which basically makes you know, Eddard Stark gets, you know, attacked by, by Jamie Lannister in the streets of, you know, of King's Landing. It's something that happens on the road in a tavern, complete accident meeting between, you know, right, Kate, yeah. Caitlin's 
Caitlin Stark or Caitlin Tully, if you prefer, and Tyrion. So one of the things that I loved about the reality of a fantasy show is that the, 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 the road there is just as important as the destination itself. Right, yeah. And one of the things that, that is missing in this, and, and season seven has a bit of it as well, is, you know, the sort of extremely quick displacement from one area to right. the other. I've got to get to here. Next scene, I'm yeah, here. and you see <laughs> them taking months, and there's stuff that happens on that road that kind of decides the rest of the story, right? It would have been so very interesting to see them have stuff happen on the road. And, and, and that I, kind I, of I, makes... I, I, agree, I agree with that, that, that too. I'm just saying, I, I, I factored that in and saying, I was like, I didn't bother me as much. It is an issue. But it didn't. It, it didn't yeah. bother me as much. For me, the real collapse is episode five, wherein I have no problem with Danny. And this goes to something our 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 show on it, where you opened my eyes, Anna, on this. Uh oh, uh, what did I do? No, no, no. You really, you did. Um, you know, I'm so not a book fault. reader. I didn't. I didn't read the. I didn't read the novels. And you know, I am sort of Tyrion's speech at the end there to John in the in his cell is, I was on her side. I I I had had her and John in my mind her, as yeah. the two characters who are the most superheroish, straight jawed. They're the good people. Yada yada yada. Mm. Unthinking, uncritical. And mm. you were the one that said, no, no, no. She's a mix of. She could very well be a mix of Aegon the Conqueror and her father. Yep, and and that's exactly what she is, and and what I loved about that scene between Tyrion and John is that, uh, and I see totally D.B. Weiss and David, you know, having this conversation, going, um, you know, they're talking to the audience. Yes, absolutely. They're talking to uh, Tyrion's talking to the audience, and he's like, "We set this up for you seven seasons long." Right. You know, she killed all the masters in Yunkai. She killed the justifiers or whatever in in uh, Asperport. Yeah, exactly. She then she then ended up you know completely destroying Marine. She goes and all of these things we supported. We you know, cheered she for her. With, we cheered for her, and she did it with no pity and complete complete control. And we cheered for her because none of the people that were getting killed in any of these cities were important to us. Mm -hmm. And not only that, she did it under the guise of saving you know, or stopping slavery, which, you know, to a modern person like us today is a worthy cause. Who remembers right? the American goes, Civil but, War, yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> so, you know, you start having these historic ties and these other things, and it starts justifying in a really horrific way the fact that she just does exactly what she feels, um, exactly what she wants. I, I've got here a quick excerpt of uh, what the New York, uh, New York Magazine wrote on this mm -hmm. one episode. Uh, there's another way to look at the final episode. A conquering queen was assassinated in her throne room by a, cons a conspiracy of powerful <laughs> nobles when it when it became clear that the t queen, once hailed by these nobles as a liberator, would not moderate her absolute ambitions. Upon her death, her assassin's brother was made king of the realm and his sister made queen of the newly independent kingdom. If I told you that the reason given for the assassination was that the queen had massacred innocents, would you believe it? Or would you think that it was obvious late medieval propaganda <laughs> put out after the fact to justify the reign of the winner of the power uh, of the power struggle? What I'm asking is, was season eight an accurate account of the end of the War of the Five Kings, or is it, <laughs> or is it merely stark propaganda? Was Daenerys' revealed to be a monster and a war okay. criminal, a cruel despot or, okay. or absolutist, or was she still in her dying moments the conquering 
peace bring queen she'd always claimed to be okay. assassinated in cold blood to secure powerful power for venal grasping right. nor- okay. nobles. all right that that's just <laughs> odd all right moving on from that um yeah. <laughs> i i think that there is a um there's something about that Yes, it was all in the background, like you said, Anna. But they I had she, set up. I knew for she a... was evil since uh, she killed the Tarleys. See, but they yeah, yes, yeah, right, right. But they gave up. Yeah. But they gave and up. They, they had unarmed. given up, right? And all that, and and and, like, and it's and is... that can be viewed through. Yeah. At the moment, you say, "Well, that's just you know, it's war, it's tragic." Well, uh, I, you expect. John and you Tyrion, prisoner of war. You, yeah, but you, ex- but yes, John, but you expect bad things in war, and I expect there was going to be some blood on her hands to get where she was going, e- no, even no, no. innocent lives. But, John no, no, and Tyrion, no, the, John and Tyrion had that discussion. But here's the reason. You know, like you've killed men, you've executed men before. Right, right, right. right. John is not, you know, free of. But here, but here's the reason why she killed them. Not because they wouldn't stop fighting. They surrendered. Uh, not, not because, yeah, because they didn't pledge allegiance right. to the Fuhrer. Right. And, but see that. It's dishonorable to kill somebody who's given up. All, all that, I, I get that. But I think that that, it, at, the, at the time, and I'm not calling you guys wrong. I'm saying that at the time, my view was, well, you know, hey, this is, this is, sure. we're dealing sure. with, we're and, dealing and, with this and, type and, of world. This is going to happen. So it right. is set up. My thing is that. Throughout episode five, once she starts going on her rampage, I told Ed, I said, he hadn't seen it yet, I had seen it, and I said, Ed, I think for about 40 minutes of this episode, you're just going to keep going. Why? Why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was not set up well. Even though That's the characterization is in the background, like you said, you you open my eyes. You said no, she could be this type of person. It will be this. There will be a creep of her morals and her perspective on things, and that's all fine. The setup wasn't quite yeah, yeah. there. Right. They needed more Which, than just Masande's death. And it, and it, they needed mm-hmm. more than just Vera yeah. scheming against her well, to make her go freak out and prepare. Yeah, and, and you want to talk about war crimes? Exactly. You want to talk about war crimes? She committed. A war crime in that episode. Well, yeah. I told Anna, which, I said... Which kind of brings me back to saying, you know, they should have invested in the rogue theory, you know? More so time. They needed you know, more yeah, time. Yeah, developing her through, through you know, this, like, super long voyage, guys. At least I, two months. Like, I, I, told, I told you, Anna, I said, she becomes Darth Vader. Okay, yeah, because she has that like scene with John. Ed, are you saying at the melted throne? Ed's are against me. Ed, <laughs> are you saying that you saw her killing younglings? Younglings. <laughs> you have as done though, that yourself. As you have done that as though you're McGregor were in the scene. Um, but um, yeah, but like, there's that scene where where she actually gives John the Darth Vader speech, which is we can rule the universe as lovers. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh. uh and I, what's good well i do and what if they don't agree with your version well they don't have they don't choice. get to That's, choose they don't get you know, to choose exactly they don't get to choose uh so that that felt while it was I, the thing is i liked it i liked the idea um they sold it with the visuals of it's like oh we're going in the triumph of the will territory here as as John marches up the staircase and you see the unsullied and it's mm. like this is all you know Nuremberg rally stuff this is all yeah, yeah. you know and then of course the imagery of her landing and then the the dragon wings at her back 
that was absolutely beautiful. gorgeous that was stuff. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. You know, and you know, you get the sense of where Tyrion is coming from. Um, uh, uh, it's, uh, everything is. It's understandable on paper. The issue was that they didn't make you feel it because the the it, the the trip there was so short and abrupt. And abrupt, yeah. but I did, I absolutely did. I I thought that the in trying to sell it as best as they could, they did. Um, even though I didn't feel mm -hmm. that the Danny John relationship was as developed as it could be, I did get everything where the character was coming from, especially John. Mm -hmm. You know, um, he's Ned's, he, even though he's not by blood, he is still Ned Stark's son. And like Ned Stark, he is allowing, I have to do the honorable thing. She's my queen. I made well, a promise to her. And it's like, dude, that's gonna, this is gonna bite you on the ass. You have to take mm -hmm. action. And he, he pushes that off but, until the last but possible you know moment. Cool? What, what was the, the straw that broke the camel's back for him was not about himself. Everyone said, you know, you gotta it was look about out. Winterfell. It, no, it was about his sisters. The right, last thing. Yeah. yeah. Think about your yeah. family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and Winterfell yeah. through extend, extension and all that. Well, because Arya like, makes the comment, yeah. you know, don't forget it. He says, I'm her brother too. And Arya gives him a huge hug at Winterfell. And she says, don't forget it. And so yeah. Arya is kind of foretelling him. And, you know, the, that moment when it comes, you know, the fact that A, Arya defends Sansa is just fantastic. And she's right. And two, the fact that Sansa doesn't trust Daenerys, something in your mind is thinking, you know, this this girl has been through a lot. She's from this Can school we... of Littlefinger. She sees things coming, so this is a foreshadowing for me as well. Yeah. And then when Arya gives John a huge hug and she says, "Don't forget it," it's basically you know I'm defending my family. You're my family. Well, I'm well, I you to I, do I think what's, what's I, I, what I would say is interesting is that you can see a creep up of that John perhaps at that moment says, "Well, what about your sisters?" Can see, look, she is all she's starting to go up the ladder of her own group. She's, yeah. she's, you know, it's like, well, after Masande is dead, okay, well, I can kill Varys. I'm probably going to kill Tyrion, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, it's like, well, if she's fine with that, killing Arya and killing Sansa won't even be, a, a, it won't be nothing for her. Yeah, I mean, it, it means nothing to her. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And she's lost her own voice of reason, which was uh, uh, Jorah Mormont. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that is a huge thing. There's she doesn't so, have any governor on her rage or her outrage. Uh, no, there's no one to 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 be a soothing balm to her paranoia. Yeah. Speaking of which, I, I really, mean, there's, there's, I, I there's, really... There's, there's nothing there's nothing to to balance her anymore. Mm -hmm. Jorah Mormont's death is you know is is tragic because he's from the very beginning representative of someone who has 180 degrees turns around and he turns around because of mercy. Mercy, which the Starks were not able to show him because he was supposedly going to be executed, mm. and that's how he, he escapes to Essos. And so he he's a very big, you know, uh, a public public figure for mercy. You know, if you give people a second chance, they could end up like me. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to believe that. And when he dies, there's nothing to balance her anymore. There's no one that she trusts as much as uh, as Dora Mormont. There's so much that just wasn't fleshed out. Um, the 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 dining hall scene where torment goes a true king who slays you know such and rides such rides the dragon everything right yeah. rides a dragon and, and then you see her she's jealous of john right and you go okay yeah, yeah. so where was that where was the rest of that i mean meanwhile the lines that were traded between her and john from then on to the end 
I love you, you love me, you know, let's rule as lovers here. And then... But yeah, it was always... The, yeah, the, the, problem, the problem with all of the Targaryens, and this is one of the center moments, is that all of the Targaryens just expect to be accepted because of their might and of their power and of mm. their dragons, obviously. And she's one of these people who comes from the school where the Targaryens invade Westeros. And by the way, I know how... I have a background story of this if you're interested in it. But um, the Targaryens invade Westeros um, and, and they get to basically make everybody kneel in the span of maybe a year because of the might of the dragons. And she comes from the school and Jon Snow comes from the school of respect is earned. Mm-hmm. You've got to lead men. You've got to prove that you can lead men. You've got to be just. You've got to be. Uh, I don't respect decisive. you because of what your ancestors did. What do you? What are you? Doing exactly. Right? Exactly. And you know. Yeah. And John. John comes very, very. To Winterfell for all of his life, and he gets named king anyway. <laughs> you know, and it kind of hurts Sansa when this happens, but at the same time, it proves to you that if you're just and if you're right and if you're righteous and you know and you and you're honorable. You can come very, very far and you can get people to love you by your actions, not just by your name. And she doesn't have the patience to wait. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have the patience to Bend show. She doesn't have... Yeah, yeah and, and somewhere in all of this, we also have to remember she's a teenager. So we can't... <laughs> well, at least, in, at, least in the, at least in the books, obviously. In the books, she's a teenager. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing starts that she's like 14 or 15. I don't even remember exactly, <laughs> you know? So what is this? Five years later, she's at the end of her teenage years, you know? So... <laughs> You know, so, okay. yeah, so the big problem with that now because then you can kind of justify the irrationality of her. Yeah, of unfortunately, her the way the way productions rage. of TV shows are yeah. that you can never. I mean, like you look at the Stark kids because that makes a lot more sense how she behaves now. Right? Like, yeah, if I knew she was but, 15. But you know, you, 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 the problem sense. is is that you know yeah, the, yeah. the you know the the, <clears throat> the show starting when it did. You look at those first pictures of like Arya and Sansa and even uh, actors who were older, like Kit Harrington, as compared to where they are now, and it's like. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't do that. Years, yeah. You, yeah, you couldn't do that with a with a uh, with a television production. Well, we are going to take a another short break for some words from friends, and then we'll get back with uh, some of the other characters from the end of a Game of Thrones. Well, what are you doing over there? I'm just looking at our business cards, man. I mean, this is some great work that they did over there at Rolling Press for us. Ah, oh, Rolling Press. That's um, our our pal Eugene Lee. Uh, runs Rolling Press, and he did beautiful work for us with our cards. Rolling Press, a Brooklyn Park Slope-based eco-friendly printing business, printing books, magazines, zines, and comics for anyone who wants to start their own thing. Rolling Press is a printing company. Go to rollingpress.com. Sand, when I visited your house the other week, uh, I saw Jen's uh, home office that you've got down in the basement, and there was this beautiful... Uh, flower centerpiece that was mounted on the wall there. Where'd oh, yeah, that that's um, that was done by Rosie, friend of the show also. Oh, right. Uh, Rosie, uh, she runs Rolex Creations for personal handmade luxury. Follow Rolex Creation on Facebook and Instagram and place your order today. Okay, we are back after words from friends. Um, the show, obviously, we were we, we got into the, the the big ending, you know, the death of Danny. We 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 talked about this these weird baby steps towards Republic. Bran as the new ruler. Now let, let's get into how we feel about some of the uh, endings of some of these other characters. I'll go uh, in this general uh, movement of John, then Anna, then Ed, then myself, and uh, I'll start out with. Um, uh, probably the uh, you know the 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 guy who held this last episode probably on his his 
his sturdy, tiny little back, uh, Peter Dinklage's uh, Tyrion Lannister. John, how do you feel about how we ended with Tyrion here? John is clapping. He's clapping. He's, he's heading over the Emmy. He's, he's my favorite, one of my favorite characters, mm -hmm. if not the favorite character. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's brilliant. Come on, it's Peter Dinklage. Okay. It's awesome. It's great. I know my, my answers are not in depth, but, <laughs> but I mean, what more can I say? The guy is awesome. <laughs> if you wanted to sleep with my girlfriend, I'd let him. You know, have my... No, I can't. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to go there. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Anna, how did you feel about uh, where we left off with Tyrion uh, here at the series finale? Well, I drink and I know things like Tyrion, so I, I know things, you know. Well, that I, will I be used to justify him. every drunkard for the next 30 years. Probably. But, um, well, give us more about um, the, the, the the chatter that you know, he's a Targaryen. Targaryen. Right. Okay, so uh, in the books, uh, Tyrion Lannister is the hand of Eris, the Mad King. And he's the hand of Aerys the Mad King for basically the entire um, sum of his reign. He only gets called off as the hand of the king basically one or two years before Robert's Rebellion. So in this time, uh, Tywin Lannister obviously is going to end up marrying one of his cousins, who is Joanna Lannister, who is this beautiful, gorgeous, you know, uh, Lannister. And who happens to be hand of the queen, who is Rhaella, Rhaella Targaryen, who is Aerys' wife. Um, Eris is the Mad King is known to favor lots and lots of women left and right. And one of the funny things is that right before Eris's reign, you've got, you know, maybe five kings earlier. There's a guy named Aegon the Fourth or Aegon the Fifth, Aegon the Fourth or the Fifth. Anyway, uh, the Improbable. He's called Aegon the Improbable. And he has something like nine bastard children that upon his death he's going to recognize. And he has nine bastard children because he fucks everything except his wife, basically. So when Eris comes to power, he decides not to commit the same error, error that his ancestor had made by recognizing all of his bastard children. Um, but he does sleep around quite a bit. And one of the rumors is, is oh, and so during this whole thing, uh, Joanna Lannister gets sent back to Casterly Rock. And for one reason or another, you know, uh, Tyler Lannister ends up, you know, meeting her there as well, gives birth to the twins. And for a period after the birth of the twins for about 10 years, uh, Aerys Targaryen is going to join uh, Tywin Lannister and Joanna Lannister at Casterly Rock and basically live with them there. Um, living his <laughs> wife, Rhaella and Rhaegar back in King's Landing. And so during this 10-year period, obviously, uh, at the end of this 10-year period, obviously, I should say, there is the birth of Tyrion Lannister. Um, and so there is a huge theory um, amongst crazy people like me that Tyrion Lannister is actually the third Targaryen possible ruler. And so in the books, one of the things that is central and that they keep kind of like beating into you left and right because there's tons of references to it is the fact that the dragon has three heads. And the dragon uh, has to have three heads in order for Westeros to be conquered. So in the very beginning, you've got Aegon the Conqueror with his two sisters, Rhaella and Viserya. So three heads, which basically spurs the sigil that they have with one dragon, one body, but three heads. And so when Westeros has to be conquered again, Master Aemon, who isn't 
the, you know, they left all of this out in the series, but Master Eamon, who's on a boat with Sam and with Gilly to go to Old Town to make Sam become a maester, says to them, the dragon has to have three heads. And how difficult it is when you're one single Targaryen left in the world. So Master Eamon kind of announces to you the fact that there has to be two others, right? At the end of book five, um, it's pretty much clear that Jon Snow is another he's, he's, Targaryen. He's a Targaryen, so... Yeah. So that would His leave, name is not. That would so leave, that leaves number three. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That would have to be. So the idea is, uh, a sort of a foreshadowing of a alliance of Danny and Tyrion and uh, and Jon Snow. Well, but, so here's the here's the thing. In the book, Tyrion is not mentioned as a Targaryen at all. But in the book, uh, in in book five, they actually do introduce you to someone who's supposedly Rhaegar's son, mm-hmm. who got away from you know the whole massacre who was, you know, basically uh, kept alive by John Connington, who is one of the really good friends of Rhaegar Targaryen, and who basically takes him overseas and makes him live on the, on the Roinar River, where the people basically tint their hair blue. And so this is perfect for uh, the, the young dragon, because, you know, with his silvery hair, you would have always known that he's a Targaryen, so they, they tint his hair blue, and he becomes an actor in order to earn his livelihood. Uh-huh. And in book two... Uh, when uh, Daenerys goes to see the Quaith, uh, which is basically a sorceress, and I, I don't remember which city they're in, but that's the very first one where she basically locks up the guy in the vault to die. Um, the Quaith says to her, be, be, beware of the Mummer's dragon. He's not real. So the Mummer's dragon, Mummer in the, 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 the book terms is actor, and dragon is obviously, you know, it's sort of Sort of this, so, this thing of this, this false Aegon... Uh, exactly is not so, is not yeah which which goes kind of to the way that the show had to uh, you know that Martin has a very meandering way of doing his stories absolutely and that so, you know could you imagine could you imagine like, how long the series would have to be to encompass something like that a a dead end part of the story where oh exactly. we're we're learning that this this guy he claims exactly. to be Aegon but he's not and you know the blah yada yada yada. And, and he fucks with you even more in the books because in the chapters that he released for uh, Volume 6, he actually has um, um, Ariel, who is one of the daughters of the King of Dorne, who isn't dead, by the way, in the books, uh, go meet John Connington and this pretendant to the throne who had just landed. And just so you guys know, uh, it's, he, they land at a place called Griffin's Roost, which is on the south end of Storm's End. Um, they're bannermen to Storm's End, the Griffin's Roost, the Connington family. And from there, they're going to try and plan their attack on King's Landing to basically take the throne away from Cersei and put Rhaegar's rightful son in, in, the, in, 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 in the stead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that he, he fucks with you big time because you can kind of see the tragedy happening where this kid is going, well, probably going to be proven at some point that he's actually not Rhaegar's son, but one of the possible descendants of the Valyrians, which goes back to another part of the history where basically a, a portion of the Targaryen family rises up against another portion. Right. And so Daemon III basically sends that whole portion of his family to the Roinar in Essos. Um, it's called the War of the Nine Penny Kings. That's we're, where we're getting, that we're getting way off of Tyrion <laughs> Lannister. What I'm getting way off of Tyrion Lannister here. So going back to Tyrion, Tyrion is my favorite candidate for the third Targaryen. That's why my answer was One, because he deals with the dragon. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but the dragons burn everybody except Targaryens. So mm-hmm. even in the movie, uh, Beleri- um, uh, Drogon does not burn uh, Jon because he kind of recognizes that he's a Targaryen. 
um, the two baby who would, you know, the dragons which are going to get killed, which are Rhaegal and Viserion, um, also uh, get let loose by Tyrion. And they basically allow him to. But that—that's what I was getting at. That scene, that pretty, so, pretty famous scene where, you know, he uh, where Tyrion uh, unshackles the dragon. Yeah. And yeah. And you go, okay, where, where where were they going with that? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and right. one of the things that I love about this whole series, you know, this whole you know possible story side, is that one of the things that is clearly said is that you know uh, every time a Targaryen gets uh, born. Uh, you know, the dads flip flip a coin coin and everybody holds their breath, right? Okay. So um, the point of that is that because they've been inbred so much, (laughs) you have just as much chance of coming up with a sane Targaryen than you do with an insane Targaryen. But the Targaryens that are all half-bred, because there are lineages that come from the House of Dorne and the House of Baratheon, and it doesn't matter, the ones that are sort of half-Targaryen, if you will, are enormously, enormously successful, smart, good, Music, writing, you know, horses, uh, fighting, arrows, bows, lances, swords, everything you want. So they're extremely accomplished people. And so one of the things that the book kind of makes you understand is that you are going to need a half Targaryen on the throne in order to some In some capacity. And so possibly that's where Tyrion comes in as as being a just uh, administrator for the kingdom. Yeah. uh, Even if he's um, not the king per se. Exactly. Okay. So, and I, uh, and I uh, kind of thought at some point, you know, that one of the things that I kind of uh, reproached the series, but again, this is just because it's minor and because I'm crazy. But I would have loved for Bran at one point to say, you know, you're not, you're not who you think you are, kind of like John isn't who you either. Think yeah. He is, you know, you know, and have had that moment. And so when, but but when you know Bran what you know what you know what would have been the problem with that. You know what would have been the problem with that, Anna, is because they didn't have a lot of setup for that. Or a lot of foreshadowing. Absolutely, it would have it would have come across as wait, where is this coming from now? Uh, again, which but is I, sort I, of the issues with with the the adaptation of the series. I'd like again, um, anything you you want to say about uh, Tywin uh, uh, Tyrion here on the show, uh, Edward? He's Peter Dinklage. Uh, you know, to quote um, when we first got the series, Peter Dinklage is a shit. You know, and this is his. He is the show, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm glad that um, that he again he, that he wasn't burned to a crisp. I, I'm glad. Always I'm glad to see that 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 it ends with him. I would have as... loved to see them try. He wouldn't burn. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, but that uh, I think his arc was very well told and very fleshed out, um, down to this the the look the really sorry look that he gives Var- uh, Varys like I'm sorry friend it was me it was yeah, me yeah that was a heart wrenching moment yeah because for the past uh, season and a half he's just been doubted uh, like just been doted on how many times did Danny say this will be you the fail th- me one more fa- time this will be the last time he's the, I'm going to kill you he's the anti imperial <laughs> admiral he has the the complete opposite mojo of those yeah. guys right. who were constantly yeah. you know constantly like vader's going you guys just aren't getting the job done and he gives him the force choke if Tyrion were there for some reason vader would be like i don't know i just can't i just can't bring it to myself All and right. you know i'll give like, you one more chance i'll give you one more chance Tyrion. find the rebels bring them to me there, next I'm, time though. and i'm sure that there were <laughs> i'm sure that there were many of us um uh at the last battle when Tyrion says no i belong up there and Danny says, "No, I need you down in the in in, uh, in the down because no one thinks better than you do." 
I need your mind. I yeah. need your mind, you know? Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of us, we were like, yeah, we need to see the Tyrion that we saw when he was... when, when he was, uh, day, yeah. Yeah, you know, and uh, that would have been something, but that's not Tyrion. Tyrion is the guy who is a survivor, just like Arya was. And this is a show about survivors, mm -hmm. you know, and and transformations and... and um, I would have loved to see him end up with Sansa. She says that you're the best of all of them. And you know how fun would that have been to have finally an end put to this ridiculous scene of story between the Lannisters and the Starks by uniting the two families, well, the two people who appreciate themselves, each other, I should say. We're going to get the Sansa. We're going to we're, we're get the Sansa, but I think that they're, you know, like the idea that Sansa being on the throne, that's a whole, we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. But again, um, just ending with Tyrion. Um, uh, um, he's he's a very redemptive character, you know. I mean, uh, uh, you know, uh, someone who was tortured for a good number of years, and and all the way. Do we do we forget the fact that you know that scene where he was in, in, incarcerated, and the whole entire sky is beneath him, you know, and and, yeah, and he gets out of that, and he actually yeah. uses this is his cunning at the earring, yeah, yeah. And somehow talks to the uh, talk, talks to the guard like uh, and managed to get out of that, you know, so I, I, I my feeling for the way that it ended with Tyrion was um, he he didn't want to be king. It's obvious mm -hmm. in the end that he was not into the idea that, you know, I don't think it ever occurred to him. And he was starting to he, he didn't want to be hand either. and he didn't want to be hand either. But they do. I do think Bran makes a very good point, which is. He'll be paying for his uh, yep, yep. Uh, the rest of he his would life. Yeah. He, he kind of couldn't be anything else. And he's the right guy because he's yep. he had this weird... He has an education up to this point of what it is he needs to be now. Having yep. done it and mm -hmm. failed to a certain extent mm -hmm. so many times in it, now he's like, okay, here's, your, here's a clean slate. You have amassed all this experience of what it should be. And you won't rest well unless you use this power that we're handing to you to make amends for your mistakes. And yeah. Dink Dinklage plays he, it so he well. Owns his, he owns his errors. He owns his errors. Right. And, you know, it's not an easy thing to be hand of the king. So his errors, yes, he's made some. But at the same time, it's the kind of errors that I think anybody would make when they want to believe that their brother and sister, you know, mm -hmm. or they want to save them or for whatever, you know, he doesn't care so much about Cersei, but I think he truly loves Jamie. The relationship. Oh, yes. They, oh, they yeah, yeah. sold that. That, so, that I mean, was something that was not affected made, by it. Yeah. Any hand would have made, you know, it's, it's also that like he, 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 he has the qualities necessary to be a hand because he's learned from his mistakes. But the mistakes that he made would have been made by any hand. And know? and there's yeah. also something to be said about how he has a character, a base character, even though, you know, oh, yes, he lived this debauched life and on and on, that is sort of similar to John's in the way it plays out on the show in this sense. Um, he tells Varys, you know, I can't play the game that you play of, con you know, continually changing... Yeah you know, morality yeah. and loyalty. He says, you, you, you pick someone and, and you stick with them. And you bet on it. And you, and you know, and John had the same way. Well, you, I've made this decision. It's the honorable thing to do is to, is to follow through with this no matter how much I might have mm -hmm. personal qualms about it. 
And just like John, he has a breaking point and he can't, he has to, he's like, no, I, I did believe in, in this woman. I did believe in what, you know, we were trying to accomplish, but there's no, after yeah, the so burning of King's Landing, there's no going back. It wasn't a mistake that he tried to save the city. The, the mistake was believing that Daenerys would, uh, uh, once she heard the bell, would stand down. That was the mistake. Mm. Right. Not not uh, taking into account. To save the city. I, I think that, um, you know, I mean, if we were to put the, you know, that, what, that, the Greek um, story about the sword of Democles, you know. Mm. Hey, he, it's a win-win. <laughs> He, he finally gets, I mean, he's given the opportunity to really, like you said, like Brian gives him that opportunity to clean up, to learn from your mistakes, to finally use your, what you, what you've learned and imbue wisdom with your, with the seat that you have now. And, and, and do, and do the job without this weird undue mm -hmm. drama and yep. the jockeying and all the things right. that, that. Do the boring stuff because. Do the boring stuff. Right. Like. But there is a sword. sewage and. You know, bailing out the brothels. And this, and... Is, and this is, I think, you know, like the the title of the show is called Game of Thrones. And, you know, when you break the wheel. Um, stop there, playing the game. Stop playing the game because there is true responsibility. There's, and yeah, power. it has nothing to do with all right. these mm -hmm. other, other issues. Um, uh, it is uh, an interesting way that uh, the show ends out with um, the three Stark children. Um, so, uh, John, how did you feel about the, 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 the final fates for um, Arya, Sansa, and John? Um, it's, it's a happy ending, except for maybe not for John. But maybe, <laughs> maybe at the end he's kind of like, well, you know, I, I love the Night Watch. And I love my brothers. Maybe this is cool for me. Maybe this isn't. Get prison. some more of that wildling strange. Maybe, yeah, uh, yeah, get more uh. of that wildling. You know, <laughs> but for Sansa and Arya, they. They're doing exactly what they wanted to do. Uh, you know, Arya's exploring. She she's she can't stay home, and Sansa's ruling a, as a just woman in the north, and it's a happy ending for them. Uh. I think, maybe not for John, but <laughs> for the sisters, they they definitely they got what they want. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Anna, you uh, the you know Arya is one of your favorite characters. She's one of the three Starks. Uh, the the endings yeah. for John, Sansa, and Arya. On the show, I just so the that... ending for Ari, I think, is is one that I kind of predicted for. Uh, <laughs> I just sent her the Ari the Explorer <laughs> picture that you that you showed me. Like, uh, yeah, you know this the, the you know um, even even it's funny because they had that whole reunion with Gendry, and so I, I, I knew that how did you how did, I knew... How did you feel about that? You know, uh, because that guy, the, uh, the way they make it on the show, it's like, ah, he had more feelings than I suspected, and he just gets yeah. shut down. You know, I thought he was actually. I, I predicted her on, and Gendry getting together, so I had this conversation with my husband, and he's like, you're crazy. Like, I'm not crazy. You're going to see Arya and Gendry are going to end up together. They had the Wait, whole, you said you know, that? Wait, you said that? I you... said it to Suzanne, yeah. Okay. So I knew that Arya and Gendry were going to end up together. And uh, I'm like, I'm telling you, they're going to end up together. And he's like, no, 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 not possible. So anyway, so it was one of those <laughs> moments when we were watching. <laughs> and yet, but, it's, um, not, it's not a lasting union. It's, it's a one night stand, she, you know, in the face well, of death. And she, she, she tells it from the, she says it from the very beginning. I'm not a lady. She says it to her dad. She mm -hmm. says it to so many people. She says it to her sister, her mom. Like, how many times do I have to tell you people, this is not what I'm looking, you know, I'm not having kids and settling down and, you know, it's not who I am. 
And I and I love that about her. I love the fact that she basically, you know, she has the most um, amazing turn of events in her life, I think, out of all of the characters. Um, because, you know, she goes from, you know, super protected daughter to, you know, uh, being, you know, sword fighter with the, the guy from Bravos to being a, a no-face killer. Um and 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 despite all of that, she remains very true to the core and the essence of what the Starks are. Right. Yes. Yeah, still a you fair, know, you see still a, a like good Sansa. person. Yeah. A still yeah. a fair play. All the rest. And what's interesting is she gets to actualize herself. Yep. To be what anyone would want, she gets to be the hero of her own story. She has yeah. now become. She's in a place where. She can be the swashbuckling character that yeah. she always would have wanted to be when she was a child, yeah. and now she's on adventures towards the unknown. Which is why I think she, as a character, probably has the most potential. But there's for also a follow-up series, a, a spin-off. You could it's, get it's into where is she going and what her, she doing. Her story, yeah. her story is so rich, and especially since it takes the Hound for uh to to really tell her, for her like, to listen, yeah. yeah you don't you don't want to be you don't want to be me because that's where your that's where your path is leading to your killer your born killer yes but that's not you don't want this you to know to be your end all be yeah. all of your existence right 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 for, uh, for me Arya is the poster child of 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 feminism in a way because i think that what feminists want is to be treated equally and have a choice Right. And this is exactly what she is. So for me, Arya is, you know, is, is perfect for so many, you know, values that even I hold. And I think, and I really thank the writers and Martin for creating her this way, because I think, I think someone finally got it. Like this is, this is what feminism is about. It's about, you know, being able to decide your destiny and having a choice. Mm -hmm. And for me, Arya is the, you know, poster child for that. So and a, fa and a fan favorite because of that, yeah, perfect. yeah, it's perfect because. How, of it. how did you feel think, about? How did you feel about uh, what what uh, ended up happening to John? Because you know there. So are, yeah, I did not see that coming. Mm -hmm. I did not see that coming at all. This is one of the good moments for me. Um, for me, John as Rhaegar, his father, um, were always sacrificed. Um, they're the two characters in the book that are sacrificed because of the whims of other people. Um, and I think Eddard Stark knows this, and I think Eddard Stark was the only one who effectively protected him for all of those years. And I mean, can you imagine all, all the shit he had to bear from Caitlyn and the rest of the realm, for that mm -hmm. matter, for his one digression, you know, which wasn't even his, for that matter. Um, so I, I think, for me, John was the sacrificial lamb, and I kind of, I never saw him as king. Mm -hmm. uh, when he kills Daenerys, which I kind of saw coming... Uh, I never expected him to become king thereafter. Like, no one's going to, you know, this is not Hollywood. No one's going to go <laughs> yeah. down on their knees and say, thank you for killing the crazy tyrant. Uh, so, <laughs> you killed her. She's yeah, dead. So, <laughs> you'll always be my queen, and that's the end. Um, I do think that John, and, and when, when uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Giant Spain. Oh, Tormund. Uh, Tormund. Tormund, Giant Spain says to him, you know, you belong in the North. Mm -hmm. This is where, you, you know, I hope you come back to it. I, you see the foreshadowing. So mm -hmm. I didn't expect him to be named to the, the Night's Guard because, Night's Watch, because there is no more Night's Watch per se. There's a huge hole in the wall and I don't think that it should be rebuilt and I don't think that they even plan on rebuilding it because there's no point in separating the realms anymore. 
but I did think he was going to end up in the north. And I and I I kind of feel like you I know when he turns his head and he looks. Stop you in there. Because, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Because didn't the same exact thing happen a thousand years ago, two thousand years ago, that these creatures and the Night King and all? No, that? no. Wasn't no, that the no, long no, night? No, no. So before? the long night. Yeah. Yeah, but they don't so they, get the Night King. So then, how they, did they, they stop uh, him the first time? Didn't they have so to kill him it's, somehow? It's, I can tell you this because I actually looked for the information. So in the books, they're very <laughs> unclear about how the whole thing ends. It is for sure that the others are marching down. It is for sure that the others are actually created by the children of the of the of the, of the woods, which we already know this. But um, but. No one knows how the night ended. All they know is that Azor Shai basically has a, a, a sword that lights up in flames, which is the Lightbringer. And he basically uh, is able to kill off enough of them before um, the winter ends, essentially. And since they can only survive in true deep winter, basically you need the circumstances. The, 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 situ- the, the environment's got to be right for them. Okay, okay. Environment's got to be so, right for them to Global warming. Them. So, <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Well, well um, uh, an interesting thing, Anna, is that in the in that uh, supplementary uh, material that I know what you're talking about the um, mm-hmm. the thousand twenty five thousand years of history of 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 the world that Martin created is that they also talk about the Long Night being a global event. Yeah. That on Essos and the other continent there is a series of fortifications, not a wall. But a bunch of these like giant towers or something, correct me if I'm wrong, yep. right? Yeah. And that while in Westeros you had the first men and, you know, the, 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 this, this hero, whatever, fighting them on that side, on the other, their Asian continent, more or less, the same thing was happening. And they have their own legends about how that may have ended or stopped or what have you. So exactly. it's kind of vague as to... It may not have been in Westeros where the final, like, deci- decisive thing was done. It could have been someplace else where a different story played out. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to stop you. I was just, I was just <laughs> no, 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 no. It's I was fine. just wondering why you thought there should no longer be a need for the Night's Watch since I, I don't, we've heard I don't this think that story reoccur thousands of years. You know, for thousands. So, of years. so yeah, this yeah, is the interesting it, yeah. fact of it is that you know they, you know, and I and I kind of feel like there's a sequel coming. Obviously, you know. Uh, <laughs> money money leaving the door open uh. for you know Westeros 5000 years from after the industrial oh, revolution oh 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 anna anna i already told i already told ed what it is it's what's is what happens is on that day when they made uh, brand the new uh non-hereditary uh kingship that will now be voted on and everything uh that is the founding of uh, of the republic, of the republic, <laughs> and by that I mean the galactic republic, and uh, the and the planet uh, that they are on. We are going to learn is going to be uh, turn out to be Coruscant. So, <laughs> so this is all Star Wars. Prequel. It's all Star Wars, and you know, Bran, uh, that warging will eventually be It'll learned. Turn into is the, Jedi is going to be the first of the Force uh, Jedi powers. It's actually so, so basically, Disney is going to have to pay another X amount of billion dollars to HBO to get the franchise on. And then galactic galactic scientists are like. Many years ago, they had flaming swords. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> exactly. It all being, you know, the Star Wars sword. There yeah, you go. Know. It all lines up. It's a tapestry, Edward. Oh my <laughs> uh, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't think. How much this but anyway, could work. going back to Jon Snow, I don't think he's coming back. Like he turns his head, he looks at the doors. It's coming. Yeah, back history. Down, history so will. He'll be more of a footnote 
People won't know how important he was to the events, probably. It will It will likely well, be... Well, they don't know how important Tyrion was either, right? right yeah, and yeah, even according to... Yes, that, that at the end there, the yeah. The Song of Ice and Fire gets open. He's not mentioned at all. Right, is he I in, am I in the book? So. No, you're not in the book. Now, now Edward... Yeah, how did, and, and that's it. Uh, Sorry, that, 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 that's a great, great, great scene for all of us history buffs who, you know, like read these books. And you kind of get the sense that the, the central characters of the history that you're reading are not the ones who actually made things happen, you know? Right, yeah, that's, and, that, that, and, it's, and that's, and that's the way it is. The yeah. Face to, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, J- uh, Ed, how did you feel about uh, the way we left off with the Starks, especially John, the way they ended Um yeah, I mean, uh, Anna, you say that that uh, you got you're gonna have a spinoff from that, and I'm like, yeah, I just don't know whether I don't I don't see a, um, a story there. I mean, he just for who he, for John for, for it's John open. for John. Who knows? It's open and who I mean, knows? You're right. And, and by the way, money, John... money, money, dollar bills, right? You know, and that that certainly will translate into something. But um... John has always been heralded as the Azor. So this is one of the things that I actually wanted to talk about because we're talking about John and Arya and Sansa. And John, from almost the very beginning of the series, is held to be the Azor Shai. So Azor Shai, for those of you who are not crazy people like me, it's it's basically the the, the legend that Miguel was talking about, where you know Lightbringer, which is the famous sword that lights up, is given to a very normal man uh, in order to basically defend the living world from the dead world. And in order for Azor Ahai to be born, there's a cer- certain set of circumstances that need to happen. And this is how um, the, the priests of Rahulur, for example, who are the kind of the bearers of the story, are, are supposed to recognize him. They're born of fire, of salt, and of ash. Okay? And they have to, basically what Azor Ahai does is he kills the love of his life in order for him to be able to light the sword. Okay? So... One of the things that I kind of had issues with with Arya being the killer of the Night King is that other than the salt and ash, which are, you know, kind of arguably what happens to her when she gets stabbed by the waif in Bravos, right? right? She doesn't have a flame of fire, but she does have a Valyrian sword, which for me, you know, the the, the sort of swords being on fire is just kind of uh, metaphorical for what Valyrian swords actually are because there's a way that they're folded where you look at the at the iron and you can actually see flames, if you will, into the into the iron. So yes, she has the the, the dagger, which is in the book. Blah 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 blah. blah. But she doesn't kill. She doesn't kill the love of her life in order to become a Jorah Shai, uh-huh. whereas John does. So John gets killed. He gets brought back to life by Melisandre. He is born of ice and ash and salt and all of that other stuff, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's the whole ceremony that she basically performs before she tries to revive him. And if you notice, but she cuts his hair, she washes him, yada, yada, yada. She burns the hair, you know, ash. Okay. And John ends up killing Daenerys. So for me, Azor Shai is John. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like the spinoff that could possibly be... Out of, out of well, this, in this it, case, you're, it, what, what we were given was Azor Shai was, was they, were, they decided to split them, uh, to split them yeah. up, right? You know. Yeah. Um, but what I'm saying is that the um, for a long time, John has been viewed as like a messiah, a very messiah, a very a messianic character. Uh, for Pete's sake, he did come come back, to life, came back to life, you yeah. know, and and yeah. Yeah. and and defeated and vanquished his enemies, you know, and and in this yeah. case, he 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 basically 
ends the world ender, you know, uh, or, mm -hmm. or, 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 um, kills the one person who is, who is a nuclear bomb, you know, that, that's what, you, that's <laughs> yep. what Daenerys was. And now you ask me, you know, like, um, where do you, do you see any, anything going on forward? I'm like, is there anything else to tell? You know, like well, well, I, yes, think that, because, I think that because, their world is gigantic. That yes, the world that Martin right, created yeah. is and we, I, only I don't think we only know two comments. We only know two comments. We've never made it to a shy in the series. Right? And by the way, a shy is a very old city, all the way in the east. It's as far as east as you can possibly Full go. Full of magic and tale. sorcery. And I yeah. mean, you know, if he is a shy, you know, a nice spinoff would be for him to basically end up there some way or another. I mean, there, wasn't there a really joke? Weird how, but I mean, wasn't there mm -hmm. a joke between? Uh, was it uh, Tyrion? I forget who. It's like a. Um, oh, it's, uh, tell me what it was like because you've been there, you know? Oh yeah. And, and he says, I, I can't tell you anything at all. Right. Uh, you know, very Spock-like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be impossible to have yeah, this conversation and then what's, without what's a proper us, Right. So maybe Arya ends up finding something. Yeah, exactly. Or her there's, descendants there's... end up finding something, and yeah. they come back and they, you know, team up with the descendants of Sansa and John. Who knows? Now, I, I, now seriously, I'm not going to write it for them, but I mean, the possibilities <laughs> are endless. Now, if there was any, uh, at this point, I feel like uh, if there was a tale to tell, uh, would be San Sansa because, and uh, sure. we had a conversation about that. Like, um, who does she marry? <laughs> who is she going to marry? You know, I mean, yeah. she, she, I mean, yes, he accepts her as queen, but every queen is going to need to have. I'm to produce telling an you, heir. it's got to be Tyrion. It's got to be Tyrion. <laughs> well, well, he is still Lord of Casterly Rock, and he's been good in bed. Come on, she deserves <laughs> to have someone. You know, play she needs at least someone. Yeah, you know, exactly. To you know, to um, Arya, I I don't know where. Like, um, you know, we make this joke about her being. Door the Explorer. Explorer, you know, um, and yes, the world is big and all, but um, I do, I, I'd love to see. I think that would be actually would be kind of on the uh, interesting side mm. if they if you yeah. did some sort of series where. Now, um, like These I said, I'd like to, I'd like I I liked where Sansa ended up. That made sense. I liked Arya. I have to say, I can't help but feel a little disappointed, mm. even though I like the subversion of my expectations of. Um, the way they did it, there was no way John could have ascended to the throne. But I kind of felt like, well, this kind of is he. Other than his big issue of, I'm so honorable like Ned Stark, and mm -hmm. that gets me into mm -hmm. trouble mm -hmm. because I don't. He would not have been a good king. I can't yeah. make the yeah because he can't make the certain the hard calls. Sometimes where and he like, doesn't see people coming, he thinks everybody's good. He's not manipulative. He's, no, I, 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 I yeah. kind of support that. You know that, yeah. So it's like, so, but then you go, okay. Well, Which, what, by the way, Rhaegar didn't want to be either. Just a parenthesis. Right, his Rhaegar. own father didn't really want to. And there is this sort of thing where you go, he suffered so much. You want him to have some sort of nominal happiness. At ending. least get laid. At least get laid, right? <laughs> and to a degree, that is kind of what happened, even though, uh, to our eyes, living in the North would suck. Okay, let's just discuss it forward. Living beyond the wall sucks say giant like, balls. I thought for a second they were going to hint that, uh, what's his name, Grey Worm wanted to castrate him. I thought for a second, I'm like, wait a minute. No, no you can't have a lover, can't have children. Like, oh, they're going to castrate him. And so <laughs> I, 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 but I see, think... I, I think that I what's think happening kind of... with John is that he goes north of the... He's there. He's a member of the Night's Watch for whatever period of time. He then takes, you know, Tormund and his people uh, to migrate back to there. And I think that this is beginning a new cycle of a king beyond the wall. 
Those people, Probably. those people yeah. venerate him. Oh, they love those him. people yeah. love him. Tormund, you know, is the sort of the avatar of all that. And that last look, I do not believe that well, when we see him go off there on his horse with them, upset. he's not coming back. Well, it's interesting. He's, he's not, not coming he's not back coming to the wall. Back. It's interesting. He's he's, it's, and he's got ghosts punishment. with him. No reason to come back. Yeah. But do you think he's happy with this? It's interesting that you say that because uh, now, whereas we get the the whole Danny John romance encapsulated in like you know <laughs> a, a season and a half, right. right? What we got with John and Ygritte... Was this was, was well built? So, was well built, and therefore, you know, you kind of feel like, well, yeah, his heart yeah. really was there. You agreed at that point, it, it, you know? yeah, exactly. And, and I think, I think there's one thing that you guys kind of, um, uh, you know, are not mentioning, and I think it might. I mean, it's a potential theory as anything else, is that the, the people south of the wall have knowledge about construction, about you know, farming, about all of the things that the north doesn't. And perhaps all it takes for the North not to be this, you know, sucking ball kind of place <laughs> is someone who knows how to build like a stone house, for example. Right. You know? Yeah. Or, or maybe farm or, you know, maybe do something other than just, you know, raid and pillage and kill squirrels. And I kind of feel like that's what John brings to the North. He loves it there. There's something very, you know, you know, in, he, he felt great and at home amongst the wildlings, especially with the Greeks. You know, he agrees with their sort of way of life where they don't just bend the knee because they need to, but because mm. they feel, you know, respect. I mean, it's all of the, you know, old house, old Stark rules. And let's not forget, the Starks are the first men on West. As well, yes. Are they yeah. the Israel- they have this way of living for a reason. Are they the so, Isra- you know, Israel- Israelites of the, of, of the show? I mean, I don't know. That know. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, Edward. <laughs> I, you know, that's muddling the waters a little more. Well, oh, here's uh, my what would you call that show? Um, a title for that spinoff where John is like, like you say, the king of the king of John, that. John and Tormund <laughs> Snow Bros. A song of ice and ice. Vice and ice. It would be a little house on the prairie. Yeah, exactly. It would be a little house on the prairie. It's going to bring farming and domestic. You know, the show had an interesting end for for characters like, you know, Cersei and Jamie, where, you know, we get, you know, there were a lot of people who, I'd like to ask you this, Anna, how did you feel about the way uh, Jamie ended? Because a lot of people complained about it. I kind of felt there was no other end for him. I don't think that, I don't think that there was a redemption on him. I want to die in the arms of the woman I love. For me, it was obvious that he was going back. Well, I told you that they were. My heart broke when he actually did that because I love what's her name. uh, Him and Brienne. Yes. You know, you wanted, you thought, oh, that, you know, he gives in, you know, he takes a He makes him a better man. She does. But But I I told you that he knows who he is and he's, there's the, the draw there is unless Cersei had died under other circumstances. He was always it's going about to go forgiving back to... yourself, and he can't forgive himself for right, what he yeah. did to Rand. But I, yeah. I, I, I said to you, I'm like, they're they're basically the same person, you know. I mean, they, like the it's yeah, a it's twin the good soul. side of the yeah. bad side. I mean, yeah. if you took them together and you put one, you know, made a person out of them, you know, I think Jamie represents the good side, and Cersei represents the bad side of um, yeah. And they're, they're like, it, I mean, we can make that joke, like you know, um, if uh, they're so narcissistic. That they made love to themselves, you know. I mean, that's what the what, yeah, yeah. that's what the whole idea was, right? So, well, but I mean, honestly, th- there's one thing, one idea in the whole show that I love that they defended, and you know, 
From the moment you're going to admit that your king could marry his sister and have offspring, and then their offspring is going to be your king, and then their offspring is going to be your king, so you basically have this like inbred situation. Why is it that you accept it for them and not for us? Mm. And it's in your face kind of uh, hypocrisy, and I get that it's not the right way to go about things because we know what happened to the Targaryens and they're all crazy. But she, she makes a very valid point. If you live in this world, and this is the culture that you grow up with, what makes it so difficult for me to be so in love and so head over heels, you know, for my brother? And 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 she she makes this point time and time again, and I agree with her. The opinions like, if you're the opinions of Anna, Anna Stanamir are not uh, reflective of those of, to be continued on the podcast. <laughs> I will say this about we do not the, endorse. I would screw my brother. I'm not saying anyone should screw their brother, but again, we're talking the world, right? Cersei not being not be putting very a, clear about that. The, uh, uh, I would have wanted to see another final battle. You know, Cersei actually putting up a fight. You know, rather than. You know, Missandei's head gets chopped off, and then next I episode, like to see come out of the ashes with three dolphins on her. Own. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, there you go. Uh, that that was actually a real disappointment. You know, uh, I I I kind of feel that the way Jamie's story ended, um, I was much more inv invested in Jamie um, than Cersei, and it was heartbreaking. But you go, yes, I think that's true to the character. He knows who he is. He has guilt that can't be assuaged in any other way and he's not going to just go off and live in the north with Brienne mm. uh, I love the touch of Brienne uh, finishing his story in the book of yeah. the Kingsguard awesome. because you know that was a part that was the part of representative the part that she loved about him the most that yeah. he did take seriously his duties as a knight it was something that did define him yeah. And yeah. she felt that that needed to be there for posterity in some way. Um, he, um, I, you know, a lot of people felt that, oh, well, him leaving her, you know, I was going like, look, Brienne is not less of a of a great character because she showed vulnerability to, for someone that she loved who then, like, left her. You know, it, it, she she's human. You know, she, she you know... Well she, Considering all of that, you know, one of my issues with the way that this whole thing ended is obviously, and, and by the way, I kind of feel like this ending was predicted by D.B. and David since like season five, when in season five, at one point, you actually see the predictions that Maggie the Frog makes to Cersei. Right. And when you're watching the series and you're crazy idiot like me, you notice that the part about the Valenquar is not included in right. what <laughs> they say. So... You kind of know from the very beginning that D.B. and David are now going down the road of Martin. The same, Martin the same thing, yeah. Is saying the same thing. But basically, for those of you who don't know, the Valancourt prophecy is that she gets killed by her little brother. And so there's a huge part of the community that's wondering, which of the little brothers are we talking about? What does that he refer to? He yeah. Tyrion to be the one who's going to kill her, and that's why she hates him. It's one of the reasons she hates him so much. I think another reason she hates him so much is because she knows he's a uh, Tar Targaryen. He's but not an actual Lannister. That's just me. We already know about that. But the Valancourt prophecy is completely taken out of the series. And so one of the things that I kind of had hoped is that maybe it was just a detail that they forgot about. or that they and there, and there, is a, there is a small detail, though, in that, um, you know, uh, Jamie's hands are on her neck. When they go down, mm, okay. Some people have well, yeah. some people have thought that that is their their at least the smallest of nods mm -hmm. to sort of fulfilling that 
that idea yes. that, okay, and, you know. And you the know. indirect actions of her little brother, which is Tyrion, have led yeah, exactly. to, you know, so, so theoretically there is that sort of non-explained mm-hmm. moment that could sort of be justified by, you know, if you start, mm-hmm. a, you know, start analyzing the details you know, like a crazy person like me, but going on to... That's my issue. That's my issue with with the Jamie. Going on to one other character, and I know a character that you'll, uh, uh, you know, uh, have a lot of affinity for, but I'm going to ask John here. Um, We get Clegane Bowl 2019 finally, (laughs) right? We finally get that big battle. Um, How did you feel about the end of the the Hound, the end of Sandor Clegane in, 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 in the story? That uh, was poetic. It, uh, <laughs> it was it was poetic, and I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, you. Just... No, no, um, it was a great. That fight. was a good death. Was a that long, was a long time coming. There's a lot of build up. This was his uh, conclusion, and he knew he was gonna die too. Even with Arya, he's like, you know, don't don't come any further. It was for her to like become a better person and not go down the same path as he. But he also, in that, was like, this, we're all probably going to die. So, <laughs> you know, you should also get out alive. Um, right, right. So he knew going into that battle that he was going to die. Um, I think when they showed the mountain and they unmasked him, it, that was finally, mm. I was like, I want to see what he looks like. And it, mm. it, it was sick. It, it was nasty. It was decomposed, like, flesh. He was, you know, on that poisonous stuff that kept him alive. Uh, the fight was gorgeous the scenery the background the scenery. yeah just epic with the dragon yeah. is flying right. back there yeah <laughs> yeah yeah does anybody else really love the moment where he takes up uh what's his name uh the the maester oh yes uh, um kyburn yeah. takes oh. him up shakes him against the wall and just drops <laughs> him and he dies and you're like finally someone killing this guy who's you know created this monster can't control him obviously you know just yeah. by pure like scientific kind of well it's you know, it seems like it's a very it's a, it's a study on like uh, a very psychological study because uh, uh the hound blames his brother for this fear of fire right, right. you know yeah. and and, yeah. and it ends in fire and it it's it's just him just going i'm i refuse to be angry i i refuse to be afraid you know i'm yeah. going to take you down uh i blame you for this in my life well, blame blame him for making him the person he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. right. Um, right. The yeah. idea that that the hound would never have any rest or anything else in his life, mm-hmm. because that what happened to him as a child is what made him the just you know ornery Last bastard that he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and 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 but also and as goes, a person that is never going to be, you know. Never going to be satisfied. Never going to be able to settle down mm-hmm. with the. You know, I thought for a second he was going to end up with well, Sansa. Well, at least at Winterfell, no. that they were going to. No, 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 not end up permanently. But I thought that she would be like, she'd, she'd, Let's she'd go give, for we yeah, forget. exactly <laughs> that she, yeah, she'd give him a tussle <laughs> yeah. and you know we, something we, all that. But he, I don't think he has that in him. At least in terms of what the show is, I know the books are different. We for, we forget that he he accepted Jesus. With Shane, with Shane Black in that little village before they were all murdered, you know, we forget about we forgot about that. That Ian that, Shane, Ian Shane, yeah, Ian yeah. Shane, right? You know, um, no, I think that if there was one woman in his whole life that he loved, it was Sansa. I think that he was. Uh, I, th- I, I love the moment between the two of them. Oh says, yeah, you know, yeah, none yeah, of this would have happened if right. he left with me. And she goes, "I'd still be a little bird if mm-hmm, I had." Mm-hmm. You know, basically. Uh, I mean, I'm summing up, but um, but he goes down. La- he goes down laughing. I mean, I, it's that was just a, a, a really. A really great scene. This is what happens when you consume by vengeance. Yeah, yeah. 
you have no other no other you know point in life and the, the funny thing is is that you know his character is developed around the fact that he is systematically the only person who can stop Gregor from doing anything like i don't rem- i don't know if you guys remember but when they go down to king's landing and they have the tournament of the hand and uh, he basically starts attacking the Lord of, uh, what do you call it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because, you know, he, he rides a, a female mare that's in, you know, in season, and so he can't control his horse. And so he starts attacking, uh, what's his name? Tyrell. Loris, Loris, Loris. Loris, there you go. He starts attacking Loris, the only person who can save his life and stop Gregor from, from hurting anyone anymore is his own brother. And I, thought, I think that's brilliant. You know, the only person who can stop you is the one that knows you best. Mm-hmm. And, and, well, and is and, and and has at least a semi size and has tape for you, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And 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 as of the size and strength and all the rest to maybe maybe put a dent in you. <laughs> How does that work? How does that work? Like you know, you're you're retained by the Lannisters, right? You know, um, the older brother gets a job guarding the king, and it's like. Listen, younger brother. No, the younger brother gets a job guarding the king. The yeah, the hound's the younger guarding... brother. Right, yeah, oh, okay. right, right, right. So, but the older brother gets a, um, uh, gets a job and he says, listen, bro, I know I, I know, I know I messed up in the past. I'm going to make it up to you. I'm getting you this job for the, um, I just, just I think it had more thing. to do with the fact that Tywin, <laughs> no, Tywin, the, the bannerman of the, the Lannisters. Yeah. And, the family is the bannerman. Of yeah. The and, and Tywin just knew I need big, tough mother effers <laughs> and to, and, and you need to reward them, mm. uh, for the risk that you're giving. Them. One of them got the other one, the job. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's not who you, it's not what you know and what's who you know, it's who, you know, I got a brother. <laughs> he said, uh, come in. Here, be a bannerman. It's a cush job. I'll, uh, we'll, we'll or the mother it. goes. Why don't you get your brother you a job? Why don't you get a, your 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 brother you know, a job? You know who's looking for a job? <laughs> Sanda needs a job. Why don't you get him? You know the king. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, his his ending was um, very bittersweet for me because I was pulling for a miracle. I was pulling for a, he's going to get out of this alive. Oh, well. He's going to come on. He'll, you know, I don't care if he's more scarred. Really? You're pulling for a miracle? Yeah, that is a Hollywood type ending. We've been programmed. Yeah, we've been programmed to expect and want and desire things like this. I I get it. Yeah. You know, I love Sandor Cobain. I do. I always have. Yeah, it was just one of those, like, it's very bittersweet because you go, it it needs to be that object lesson for Aria. Mm. And it would yeah. lose something if he lives and gets to continue on. Um, yeah. It it also. And then what does he do? What yeah, exactly. Do what happens to him? Result? Exactly. He's not yeah. a knight. He doesn't have lands. Well, some... you know, again, you say Hollywood. We want we want the area. Well, we want the area hound duo to continue. We Listen. want him to now, you know, be, be her like steadfast right hand man, traveling All the world right, so with he, her. He, he, well, this here's is a- my take on here's my take on Game of Thrones. The, the very first time I read the very first book, which is actually called Game of Thrones, and they kill Eddard Stark and Robert Baratheon at the end of the first volume. I'm like, holy shit, this will never fly in Hollywood. <laughs> Two months later, the series came out. <laughs> but it's so it's so in Hollywood because at this and at the same time, like you know, you want to talk about those who those who get their up and comings, right? You know, um, I'm sorry, but weren't we saying two seasons ago? Arya Stark was like the mass murderer 
you know, uh, um, and what does she get? She gets to be Dorothy Explorer at the end, you know. Um, she, like, if what they... What mass murderer? Who did she mass kill? Who did she mass who kill, did, Anna? Who, did who didn't she kill? She, kill? <laughs> the she killed the phrase. She, she didn't she... kill all the phrase. She killed the phrase, the oldest boys, and the, 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 the father. She, she, was was instrumental. she was instrumental in killing quite a few people right. but that, but to that's get what... where she was going. And that's my question is, like, if... Does her tail organized? We all knew they were all gonna die on the list. She had the list. list. <laughs> I mean, does her tail end with or doesn't end with the fact that they're gonna be like these the people like who are gonna want their vengeance on her, you know? Well then it's a good thing that well, she's getting out of Westeros. Right, I'm sure. You know, that, <laughs> she finds the, herself one in, of the interesting details. She ends up in like the China of the series. She, she, and, and we never talked about this and I, they don't really mention it in the book either, but I find it really, really interesting that her list in the very beginning, gets executed almost entirely. Mm. And it's not, it's not ever by her, by the way, except for the phrase and maybe one or two other people who, who might have ended well, up on Well, she gets the, the phrase, she gets Marin Trent. Baelish, um, Baelish. She, she gets Marin Trent, she gets Baelish. Mm -hmm. But Baelish was never on her list. Right, yeah, ba that was just a, that was a, uh, that was a freebie. <laughs> yeah, the only one that was a freebie. So I find it really interesting, and I think Melisandre knew this, and and it would have been nice to get into a little bit of detail. But like the significance of the list, and the people that were on the list and get taken off, for example, Sandor Clegane, die but survive. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's something very powerful and very magical about what she's got. You know, in in, in at in, least in as a focus of the narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh. You know, because we had whittled down the cast so much by the 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 the, the series, I can't really think of any other sort of characters um, endings that are too. You know, okay, Grey Worm takes the Unsullied back, uh, or at least he takes a portion of them to the Isle of Nath to honor Masande. Um, I assume some of the Dothraki stay, and some of them go back. Uh, you know, Sam. Hell Sam, no, twice with the horses on the boat. Yeah, exactly. No maybe they're Sam, Sam somehow, despite breaking every oath of every organization gets he has ever joined, maester. gets to become Grand Maester. You're gonna have to see the way it's like. It's like Sam. Do you just like at this? Yeah, that's like, the I guess that's what he asked for. I guess because it's just like join the Night's Watch. Nah, screw it. <laughs> I'll break all the rules for that one. Join the Maesters. Nah, you know what? I think I'll. <laughs> I think I'll do it again. Maybe, maybe who knows? Maybe he's very instrumental in reworking a lot of the yeah, organizational right. things in in Westeros. Um, we already talked. Said Bron. Bron finally got his fucking castle. Like I said, Bron. So, Bron and becomes Hormaster General. Caster, by the way, Hormaster. there's another huge slap in the face of everyone because he says to them at one point, he goes, "What were all of your ancestors? They're a bunch of cunts, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, and bastards." And that's you know, and he ends up becoming what he says the ancestors of everybody else was. And I thought that was brilliant as well because. Again, if you look in the history of that's Westeros, the truth. Like, that's the truth. That's yeah. the truth. Like, like I said in the beginning of the show, you know, they make him. He's basically uh, the, the the treasure, right? You know, it's it's a bailout, Citibank bailout, and already he's asking for it's a bailout for, a bailout for, for whores. whores. That's that's and, and I said, Ed, you know, pro <laughs> prostitution is very much like well, but, like but, but, it is too big know, to fail. <laughs> it's too big to fail. He's got a point. You got to divert the from you know the fact that they have no food because they burned everything down. Exactly. Like, uh, exactly. No, 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 no meat. I mean, you know. That's okay. No food. All the stocks are barren. 
There are no horrors. Well, Ed, 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 as as a as a fan of the movie Airplane, remember, <laughs> remember the scene where the you know the stewardesses have to describe everything, and they're like, "What does we're, mean we're a tad a, bit?" You know, it's like, and Noah goes, he goes, "What uh, is a we're, tad?" No, no, the stewardess goes, uh, uh, "We're locked on a whatever. We we might die. The the plane may crash." They go on and on about like what should really matter, and then the one guy goes, "Wait a minute, what are you really not telling us?" Well. We're also right. out of coffee. And that's when the that's when the violent like riot breaks out. That's what it would be with the. It's like, well, here's the that's truth is is exactly. It's like, well, the truth is, uh, uh, you know, we we're running out of food stores. The winter is getting bad. Hey, uh, one more question. One more question. Uh, because there are we're, no more whores. We're, we're coming to a close here. So, as a as as a as a woman, and you recognize that this uh, as an opus is very feminist in it by nature, right? How do you feel about uh, Tyrion's last lines being as his, the camera's pulling off? Being his brothel joke. Being his brothel joke. <laughs> you know, it does not undo some of the, some of the, like, you know, uh, Leanna Mormont's um, uh, giant no, killer, you know? No, and, no, I think, I think, you know, we, we have this um, kind of supposition in our head about how we should feel about women and again when my version of feminism is having the choice you know and and having a right to decide your own destiny one of the characters that i loved in the series is roz roz was uh. a whore she was a whore in winterfell you know uh, she knew very well how to deal with her clients she gets down to king's landing she becomes the confidant of littlefinger which is now no small feat um i don't I think that the show did a really good job in in their development of female characters and empowering them and giving them choices and sort of showing you, I mean, come on, Brienne becomes a, a knight. You know, how awesome is that? And not only does she become a knight, but she becomes the head of the Kingsguard. I think that there's moments in the show where I think as a person who is analyzing everything all the time, what they're basically saying to you is that we're making progress, we're moving on, but something is still going to take some time. And <laughs> Tyrion's character is a character who loves whores. And he loves whores because, A, they're the only women who understand him. And B, they're the only women who... Will be around him. Sleep with him willfully. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There you go. And th th those are, you know, so there's nothing there's nothing demeaning about, you know, he doesn't mistreat them. He treats quite well. You know, he, he's very fond of them. You know, and he would he even marries them. So, <laughs> yes, and, exactly. Uh, in, in terms of I, I, in terms I, of more respect for females and for you know prostitutes, yeah. there is no one better than Tyrion. Than Tyrion do that. I just I would just like to say this, Ed, about the the, the feminist perspective thing, which is that I think the show was very good at that. You have a lot of characters like like Cat Stark or Brienne or Arya. And even sure. and even Daenerys, uh, who, who, who who were well actually. You get to stuff like some stuff with Sansa, um, where there is a certain amount of abuse porn happening there. Right, this victimization. There's the right. victimization that happens to that her she continually. Which that yes, that she does overcome, and that's great. She beats it. But it does. I think that there are is something along the lines of even the end of Danny, where I'm not saying I agree with this mm -hmm. viewpoint, but I do get that it falls into a very common genre trope of mm. fantasy superhero stuff of here's the woman here's the female character she becomes powerful and self-actualized 
the moment she becomes powerful and self-actualized, she loses control yeah, and yeah. we must do something to take her out. Well, look, this look. is Dark Phoenix. This is Willow on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This is a trope that goes through a lot of fantasy works where they say, oh, here's the female character and you think that she's the shrinking violent. No, mm, we're going to yeah. give her power. She becomes actualized. Ah, but here's the thing. Once she got power, we got to kill you. John, what you just said, <laughs> well, she gets over I mean, it. Quite honestly, like one of the things that I hated about, you know, uh, episode three was that at the end of episode three, there was a theory that came out that in fact, it was John who helps Arya get to kill the Night King by saying, go, go, go. So he distracts the dragon and somewhere Arya who's not even seen in the scene. Right, yes, yes. Um, supposedly runs behind him, gets, you know, on top of whatever thing she- It was all a plan. Right. right? <laughs> it was all a plan. And, you know, and so the feminist is screaming about the fact that, you know, why are you telling us this? Like, Arya could have totally done it without Jon Snow. Like, mm. why is it that, you know, she needed Jon Snow's help? And my response to that was, well, I mean, there are certain moments in life where we can look at things as not male and female, but just real relation. And I know I'm going to get killed by saying this by, by a lot of my female friends and a lot of the feminists out there who like to, you know, anyway, look into stuff. Why can't it just be a relationship between a brother, a sister, mm -hmm. another brother, another? Like, why does it have to be men and women? Like, why, if indeed it was meant for John to say, go, 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 while Arya's, you know, sneaking around and getting to the Night King, why can't, why does it have to be about women can't do anything without the help of a man? Why can't it just be a brother helping his sister out to help his other brother out, basically? Right, yeah. And, and but I, I think, I think from a, from a, from a victim, like the John was saying, like, and Sansa gets over it. Well, I mean, you tell that to a victim, though. I mean, like, no, do they really get, get over it? Get over it that she beats it despite the, mm. the misogyny. She she beats right, it despite... Yeah. She's able to move, move no, beyond. No, move it, beat it, kill it, and become a ruler. What, what I think is, is important, and, and I would kind of... I'm Mrs. sorry, but Jim I think it's important. <laughs> you just want to hold people down. You want to keep them victims. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> What I, what I think is important and that we shouldn't lose sight of is that um, what you've just said about Sansa and what you've said about Daenerys and even Cersei, you know, they come into power and must take them down, is actually something that you can say about a lot of the male characters as well, right? Yeah, that's so true, but I think that, that, is, I, that there's, that a, there's is, a genre issue of this being a thing in a lot of, like I said, I can point to stuff away from I think it's a genre it. issue because we make it a genre issue. But if you take into account that, for example, Senes Baratheon gets completely yeah. taken down by like the whole realm because nobody wants him. Right. Not even his brother wants him. You know, but he, but see, the thing is, Stannis Baratheon as a character falls into the, the, the sort of thing where it's like, well, he already had power. He already had... The, with a character like, say, Daenerys as as um, uh, a a perfect uh, uh, example of something like uh, like I said is like Jean Grey, Dark Phoenix from the X Men, is mm -hmm. you at first glance don't expect much from them to a degree, where their your first presentation of Jean Grey is I'm the girl character in the X Men. She didn't really have a lot of complexity. She often was the I need to be rescued trope. Mm -hmm. And sure. then the second she achieves, you know, God level power, the storyline right. immediately goes to, oh, oh, she's going to go crazy right. with power and we've got to stop that. She has to be killed. Mm -hmm. And ironically, she has to be killed by the man that she loves, yada, yada, yada. yada. So that, yeah, that sort yeah, of thing. Absolutely. And but, so that there's, there, again, there is a sort of thing. Now, I'm not saying I necessarily, it's, I, it's I totally agree I with think, that. I and and especially here in, in Game of Thrones, because... 
it does, it tracks with the character, it tracks with what she was about, that she would have this moral creep and not be able to see, you know, what she was doing, where where this was going to go. Um, but I do think very, it is something it's that's very there. Dangerous. Yeah. It's very dangerous to, to, to take the interpretations of things like this and transform them automatically into a, a, a fight between men and women. Mm. I think women do have a stronger fight to, to lead than men for a lot of reasons. But I do think also at times when you see a series like Game of Thrones or X-Men or any other series and you see female characters that are very powerful, you know, take Mystique for, for an example as well. You know, Mystique is revered by, by Magneto. You know, he loves her until she's no longer Mystique, obviously. But, <laughs> but, yeah, <they're> just... <laughs> but you know, again, so I, I kind of feel like it's, it's very dangerous to turn everything into a mass. No, yes, absolutely. There, that, w- that too often there is a too too much uh, reading into this. I would much rather, I don't know if you heard our... I mean, I don't, again, Anna, Anna I don't know if you, if you Anna, did you, parallels, if you're going to make parallels and again, going back to Game of Thrones and I'm going to be done with this in two seconds, <laughs> what happens to Daenerys happens to her father. Right. right? Yes. Daenerys must be taken down. So it's not about her being a woman. It's right. about her being crazy. Right. Yeah. And what that's, I think to, that that should be the focus rather than saying, oh, this is some sort of conspiratorial, you know, they're trying to make women look bad. They're doing this sort of thing. I'm just pointing it. out they that that is a thing. Great. In the, <laughs> yeah, I mean, fuck it. You know, a woman kills the Night King. Not John, not Sansa, not, you know, right. Sandor Clegane, not, uh, what's his name, Beric Dondarrion. Right. I mean, like... But that that's not to say that that doesn't mean that there is, like I said, I bring it up not that I agree with the criticism. A lot of times I'll bring up, I don't necessarily agree. I'm saying... I'm saying yeah, that's the I, other. I that's sort of the other um, side of the of, of the coin, as or where people are kind of saying. There's always, I, the and problem, I always another I side of the coin. Very often, people who have had to fight for whatever it is that they have gotten are the ones that are going to be able to uh, see a portion of what they have lived, which was unfortunate, and the development of certain characters on television. Yeah, I they're going to view it through that prism. Yeah. Right. So they see it through that prism. And, and what I'm proposing, and it's very difficult, and I'm, I'm also you know, not always able to do it, is perhaps think about the things that not everybody is going to be, you know, this, this ginormous asshole who is going to mistreat you just because you're a woman or beat you or, you know, like there are people in the world who are just people and that, that don't necessarily look at you in any different way because you're a woman. They just there is that possibility, and it's a very hard prison to, to, to try to use to analyze things because pain and, and experience very often take the upper hand. But not everything is about men and women. You know, there are sometimes other kinds of relationships that dominate, and there are relationships between men and women. Mm-hmm. Well, that was, uh, that was gender talk here on Sorry. To Be Continued, a <laughs> fanboy podcast. Uh, It'll be uh, later on uh, on PBS. We'll be having uh, the news hour with. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, and now the weather. And now the weather. Um, uh, <laughs> there is so much we could get to that we're not going to be able to. Um, the show ends in a very strange, um, somewhat bittersweet note for a lot of the fans. I myself, I get a certain level of disappointment. I really do. Because I feel that, uh, uh, for me, there was this collapse that happened with episode five, 
and that yeah. there wasn't as much buildup yeah. as was necessary for the payoffs that were given. But overall, I am actually very still positive on the show. Uh, like you, Anna, I think that it is still an accomplishment for serialized fantasy uh, genre storytelling. The production values, the level of care that was put into the acting um, for about a full six seasons. I know some people say, no, it started going off of, you know, downhill in season four, eh, season five, season six. I don't care. I still think it was still better than, you know, 95% of things on broadcast or cable. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> um, that it was made and finished is still going to be a landmark and is still going to, it is going to reverberate from now on game of thrones is a verb mm -hmm. when a yeah. show comes up i'm sure you know and it, things get pitched or ideas are or when fans talk about this you're going to say man i really wish we could do willow but i wish we could game <laughs> of thrones that up <laughs> and not just that but i mean if you think about the whole genre of fantasy as a whole you know it has always been considered you know sort of children's tales so you've got, you know, Lord of the Rings and, you know, Chronicles of Shannara and lots of other things that, you know, were kind of like made for Clark, um, for, for Clark for bedtime, let me tell you the tale of the Lannisters. <laughs> Jamie, no, that's the thing. Jamie, um, you know, when a it's, it's, it's the thing that gave, you know, fantasy more grit for adults. Yeah, like, more, more seriousness to the stories and more weight and more gravity. Absolutely. And more taking into account real humanity negative and positive, you know, and how they would play out. And we have now a table set because of this show and its success for a lot of other things. I'm joking with Ed and I, I've recently uh, on a day and partially it was a, a bet. I had to get someone to watch John Carpenter's The Thing, which we have an episode uh, coming up doing a review on, by the way. Uh, so in order to get him to watch The Thing, he gave me the challenge. He threw down the gauntlet and he said, well, if I'll watch The Thing, if you watch the first season of The Expanse, and the I saw the expense. It's an awesome show. Right. And it's based on a series of books and it's sci-fi, but it's hard sci-fi. And yep. it's very similar to Game of Thrones in that it's about yep. hard choices and yep. characters not necessarily going where you're going. And that yep. is the legacy of this show. And I think if yep. we want to end anything on that, yes, there are fans out there who are going to be um, unhappy. They maybe would have been unhappy regardless of how the show ended, but... The show does stand as a monument to great, great television, whether or not you feel that this last two seasons were rushed or how vitriolic you feel towards uh, the writers. There is still something that it did to uh, TV, streaming, what have you, as a whole, and I think that deserves a round of applause for it. Uh, I, <laughs> I didn't... I wasn't asking for a round of applause. Um... I want to thank our foreign correspondent, Anna Maria Stanimir Grimaud, uh, from the Venice of the Alps. <laughs> we thank Cali you again. The Bravos of the Alps. The Bravos of the Alps. The Khaleesi of TBC. The Khaleesi of TBC, yes. <laughs> uh, I want to thank all of our listeners. I want to thank, as always, Jonathan Vergar for the use of Pancake Studios here in the heart of Brooklyn. Thank you very much for all your recording needs. And uh, as always, my co-pilot and friend, uh, we are the Brotherhood Without Banners of Brooklyn. Uh, Edward Ng, thank you so much thank for joining you. us here. And uh, until next time, to all the listeners out there, Valomogulus! To be continued. <laughs> <laughs>